0: Representing the gays and the girls, the silhouette challengers who wake up all the scavengers. This week, we're talking T.I. and Tiny, the Wig and Wigger biopic, aka the Salt and Pepper movie. And we dive deep into the Philly fighting COVID 19 scandal that shook up the city. Adjust them bonnets and tune into this week's episode of The Girl's Room. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back everybody representing V-Gays and the girls. You have tuned into your favorite two fat host with the most sitting here in Philadelphia. Um we are Rashid, a.k.a. Rashid, a.k.a. Fag Albert, a.k.a. He is the business. And I am sitting here with Della <laughs> great niece. So you already know they are in charge of the girls. They are Thickerita, a.k.a. Shiloh's mom, a.k.a. Erica, a.k.a. That bitch. So you already know not to play. Period. Um,
1: Period.
0: <laughs> um, and welcome again to the girls' room. Um, I'm excited. It feels like we have been
1: very consistent um yeah yeah i'm loving it i hope we are able to keep up the momentum yeah right but of course things happen but i hope they don't have them let's keep it let's keep it going absolutely keep I'm... up the momentum yes. yeah this is feeling really
0: good and i am very happy with the feedback we've been getting from all of you um so yeah thank you for that um, so let's do a little check-in, Erie. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling? Let's talk about how we are feeling using
1: a TV show. You know it's funny because like usually when we do the check-ins, I can kind of peek and try to figure out like what type of check-in we're gonna do, <laughs> but um I didn't get to cheat today. You didn't? Um, oh, no, wow. I didn't. No, I didn't. I like no. I was I was too busy um doing termination letters um so because oh, I'm that bitch. Oh wow! Sorry. To Unfortunately, them. sorry to them, but also had to have yeah, sure them. So I Oh well, yeah gotta put food in shiloh's mouth somehow unfortunately okay but if there are any nonprofits hiring holla at me but not philly fight anyway um uh how am i feeling i'm feeling pretty good if i had to describe it um using um a tv show i would uh i would say scandal Ooh, that's a good one i would say kerry washington's liver is isn't it but also the <laughs> hair flip and everything it's really the walk away for me it's definitely the walk away like it's in the pantsuits mm-hmm. yeah fun fact.
0: all that shit mm-hmm. very fun fact i picked public relations and college because of Kerry Washington's character as Olivia Pope. So, yeah. But to
1: be honest, that's that's very accurate for, like, for you because I really feel like you can embody Olivia Pope's energy better than anybody. Yeah. Also, just the way you handle shit in general, like definitely Olivia Pope. That's so You're funny. You're definitely wearing a white hat.
0: <laughs> that's so funny because people in college used to say that when they, um, you know, in like them little semicircles that they used to do, when they used to be like, why are you here? How did you get into communications? And I used to be honest, I used to say Olivia Pope. And you know, back then I used to always have my little like bags that I could like actually carry in my hands and I was always getting dressed to go to school. And people was like, that is so believable because you're so fierce. And I'm like, yes, thank you for calling me a faggot without calling me a faggot. Ah,
1: No, it's a faggot. Yes, a faggot you like bread, bread, honey. Period. (laughs) (laughs) What's your TV show?
0: Well, this is
1: why the draw. I
0: know. I'm feeling very WandaVision because I don't know what the fuck is going on in the world these days. (laughs) Okay. I I don't know. That's that's, that's, that's fair. It's been so much going on, specifically in our city, um, that I think I'm just very, just always so taken aback about at the level of just uh, Mm -hmm. like irresponsibility that I see on city official level, right? So, I am just, yeah, Jesus. it's very Rashid vision, very Erica vision, very, it, well, it would be like Rashid and Erica. Yeah, Rashid, Erica. Yeah, very Wandavision tease. I just, mm, Ra- I'm questioning everything, dial. Questioning everything.
1: Ra- Rassica? Rashika.
0: That's ugly. Rashika. Oh, God, no. Girls, A- you get real
1: ghetto based down in the valley with <clears throat> girls get naked. <laughs> oh, my God, I miss Uncle Clifford and the girls so bad. Yes, I really do. But, um,
0: and the okay. murder, son- fine mm-hmm.
1: yes. I'm gonna go with diamond, really. Yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, you're just a colorist at first. No, at <laughs> f- no, that's that's sweet. This isn't what we're gonna play with because we already know. Because, honestly, no, I'm sorry, I just have to say this real quick. I'm really not colorist, and I'm just saying because some people might not know me and they might just be too. I'm really not colorist. Um, would you want me to vouch
0: for you? The fuck? Let me yeah. stop. No, she's really not colorist. This is really just a joke.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a colorist. I was very, um, traumatized because I hooked up with a guy who was basically translucent and it, I, you know, I carried it with my spirit in my spirit. Um, and I also
0: shamed her for it. You did. And, and that's do. really what I needed. Thank you anyway, for reminding me about this because now I get to shame you from hitting on out for the next few moments. That's fine.
1: I'm probably going to be like hooking up with him again. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah it was good it was good mama needed that i was on a drought for a while (laughs) anyway um you know it's funny because you know Rashid brought up the fact that you know he's disgusted with what's going on in the world and with city city and government officials um something that we will be talking about for our main discussion is the whole scandal revolving around um philly fighting COVID 19 um i'm not sure if you guys are aware of what's happening but if you are you know if you're not really aware of what's happening tune in you know stay stay tuned in with us and also you can see it on rashid's Freedom Joint page as well um so we're looking forward to doing that of course after our highly desired what's tea section um where we'll be kind of like battling it out with a few different topics i'm um, just to name a few um the you know philly schools reopening um spinderella being upset about the salt and pepper biopic that rashid loved so very much um as well as tti and Tiny. And then Cicely Tyson, rest in peace. Um, but those are just a few to name. Um, looking forward to this episode. It's going to be really good. Keep it up.
2: Hmm. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, so I think that it's very beneficial for us to just move on forward. Um, thank you, Erica, for that synopsis and that sneak peek into what we're doing. So I think it's, it's yeah, it's good to just get right on into it, right? Um, so earlier this week, we learned that Philly schools would be reopening. Well, at least they have a plan to reopen. So they're shooting for March and they plan to send, I believe it's kindergarten through second graders back first, um, with that hierarchy because they said the CHOP experts say that it should be safe. Um, they say that there is no real evidence that shows that being out of school has had any effect on, right, (laughs) any effect on how... We have navigated with this virus. Um, um, I'm confusion. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I guess I, I, I guess I, I am very just confused by that, um, especially coming from chop experts, right?
1: Yeah, because like those are really. You know, really highly saluted doctors and professionals over there, um, and also just to kind of see, like, for them to say that they don't really understand the impact that it has for keeping them outside of schools, um, they're at home and out of harm's way, and they're not, you know, in overcrowded classrooms, which fully classrooms often are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not really sure about that. It's Going to be a no for me, definitely. So,
0: yeah, um, and then I, I, I think that it's also important to say that. You know, CHOP experts also, um, researchers specifically, back in December, around December 9th or 19th, one or the other, um, they put out an article saying that COVID-19 may actually be linked to blood vessel damage back in December. Um, So that alone is kind of interesting because, again, the article doesn't necessarily say that it does, but it says that that's an indicator that physicians and other medical experts should watch out for, right? So I think that there's just all this different research and all these different things that we just don't know about COVID-19 yet. So I think that it's just taking that risk. And then also a lot of folks got, remember, a lot of children are very asymptomatic or it passes through the system uh, fairly quickly, right? That's what we learned in the beginning. Um, so there's there's just that level of unknowingness and that level of just, fear that people could have about catching this from their children while thinking that they're safe. Uh, And I don't think there's any real safety precaution that could prepare people for such a thing. Uh, They say that there will be rapid testing available for teachers who want it, but what does that do if you've already gotten it and you didn't know until yeah. you thought to get a test, right?
1: Yeah, it's really no preventative measures, really. There, I mean, definitely a bit comforting to be able to have that rapid testing, you know, but um, no, I think. They're definitely taking an L, and they're making a huge mistake. I also do understand that a lot of parents do want their kids to go back to school because working at home with the you know with the child and just having like access to childcare to be able to take care of your child can be a lot. Yeah. Um, and people aren't, and I just want to say, I know I I've talked to a lot of people who you know who have kids, um, you know, and I you know you're not wrong for wanting them to go back to school. I I do get it. I can only imagine um the frustration of having a child while working at home is because i know even with shiloh um she's an infant and it's a it's a huge handful um but yeah i just don't think this is the right call to make for the city to say that they should go back to school i think it's very dangerous especially um you know with this new strain circulating that came from the uk that is now like you have to wear two different masks Maybe three depending on what type of, you know, mask you're using, if it's not in ninety-five. Um, so it definitely makes me nervous. Um Yeah. The city's just folding all over, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um
0: and it, it it it's just a very irresponsible idea, right? Because we have to also just think about those other needs that the school that school teachers coalitions and other groups have been advocating for so these schools have asbestos they have bad ventilation and like you said earlier erica they're very overcrowded and then we have to think about how this vaccine production is just very all over the place here in philadelphia so while they say that certain people are eligible for it first you still have to think about how many rounds people have to go through even still to be selected to get it so it's just it's not a good idea it's it's a very no
1: bueno as you would say <laughs> yeah yeah no me gusta yeah so right off the bat you can see rashida mirsec just putting a huge no stamp all over this um not sure if you guys feel the same but you know if you don't agree with us you know feel free to leave a comment you know dm us sh- you know share your thoughts we all, we're always like really interested in hearing feedback Absolutely. when it comes to certain topics yes um um, next topic that I did want to speak on was um, I'm not sure if a lot of people did hear about this, but there was an article that recently came out with Monique Coleman. Um, she was the black girl that we saw in High School Musical. Um, the article came out during uh, the movie's 15th anniversary. Um, Monique Coleman, I really don't remember her character's name. Yeah, um, years I know. Yeah, it's, yeah, time flies when you're. When you're getting old. Getting fucked <laughs> while you when you're, when you're getting fucked by the world, bro. Anyway, um there's no lube. No lube. <laughs> no lube. Just buddy, honey. wait. Um anyway, <laughs> I'm just like, I forgot what I was saying. No. But yeah, Monique Coleman revealed that the, and it, I feel so bad in hindsight because of what she revealed in the article, but Monique Coleman revealed to her interviewer saying that the reason why the character wore the the headband is because the crew messed up her hair. Um. So like, yeah, so I think High School Musical came out in like Maybe like around 2008 or something like that. I remember doing the Wildcat dance in like ninth grade or 10th grade. So it had to be around that time period. Maybe between, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it came out, you know, never mind. It came out 15 years ago. So I messed up with the math. Anyway. (laughs) It
2: didn't
1: math, honey. I know. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So yeah, so, you know, they did the sewing... Um, they realized that they messed it up too late. Well, actually they didn't realize it, but Monique realized it. Um, and it was so close to the movie having to, you know, them to have to start filming that she decided to be like, Hey, I'll wear a headband. Maybe we can incorporate that in the, you know, into the person's character. Um, and looking back, I think that that's just so fucked up because I do remember my friends and I making fun of the black girl because she had this, this dorky ass headband on, um, And it never really dawned on me that could have been an issue. Of course, like, you know, it's something that we can, well, we can kind of see that that was an issue back in the day because it wasn't that much representation people weren't properly skilled in the art of taking care of black hair, um, black skin. Um, and to add on to that article, um, Angela's character from Boy Meets World commented, um, and I'm not sure if you guys are remember, but her character had micros. Um, Angela did those all herself because the the crew didn't know how to do micros themselves. Yep. Um, do you guys know how long it takes to do fucking micros? Too fucking long. Yeah. Her hands mm-hmm. shriveled, a fucking mess. But this all really surfaced for real, for real, and people really took note of it when um Tati Gabriel stepped up. Um, Tati Gabriel is Prudence. Oh my god, my fave. <laughs> prudence um, i love her so much i'm sorry but yeah prudence is character she's one of the weird sisters from the chilling adventures of Sabrina. um she's really known for her signature finger waves in the series um so people often ask her well who does your hair because it looks so flawless she does her hair um and on instagram she posted a time lapse of that so it's just like you know a lot of black people black actresses oftentimes do have to come to sets come on sets with their hair done or with their own wigs clips and everything else because a lot of people aren't skilled in working with black hair and it's really sad because it's 2021 and you would think that these issues wouldn't still be happening but unfortunately they are and it's very troubling And I, I... Oh.
0: first of all this is just saddening right um because you see how many in how many generations this has affected Because for prudence to be on a show that has aired in twenty twenty, you would feel like (laughs) something like hair is very minute for a production company well for a production team that spends thousands to millions of dollars on productions to just find a hairstylist who can do something as simple as
1: finger wave. That's what I'm thinking. And that's a very basic concept
0: in hair school. But again, white women don't 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 finger wave their hair in the way that, you know, black women do. So it, it's something that they don't necessarily focus on or I'm not sure if these are or if that's even a hairstyle that they teach in their settings of hair school, right? I know personally people who have gone to hair school and they've learned those skills. but what I also have learned is that in hair school, sometimes a lot of these people who are stylists and you know white stylists specifically kind of follow that hair school curriculum that still has its own racist undertone, right? Yeah. And so what a lot of that looks like is just straightening of hair, the curling of hair, um, how to apply different gels and different chemical products. But it isn't necessarily braiding. It isn't necessarily finger waving in that form. It's no bantu knots. So they're still very much following that white that white curriculum, to be honest. And uh, I think that it's just... It, it it's just kind of just it, it's very just discouraging a very just disgusting um all that to say that i think that it's really good that i heard word on the streets is that chloe bailey is going to have a black hairdresser for the little mermaid apparently the same hair the same hairstylist who did the one dream girl oh well, it was holly oh holly sorry not chloe Chloe, oh yeah, I'm sorry, Chloe and Holly. I always think about it. Yeah, Chloe is the oldest one, and then Holly is the um second one. Well, not the second one, the younger one. Um, so that's how I always mix into that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um so yeah, so Holly Bailey is actually going to be having the same. Hairstylist that was used on dream girls so that's a really good one. And, oh,
1: that's good. Okay, cool. Because I was really, very, very, mm-hmm. very scared of. It. I don't want them to slap like a red synthetic wig on her or some dumb shit. Absolutely.
0: So. Um. So I just think that overall, it, it it's just really wow. Um. You you just think about
1: how three different women from three different film periods, right? Yeah because like yeah cuz Angela's ki you know character in 90s and like you know Monique early 2000s yeah. and then Pruden 2020 Yeah. Like, 20 old well, 2010 2020 Like Sabrina
0: really came at the end of the Yeah 10s. It came
1: like yeah like 2018 2019
0: yeah So it's like and it so- made it into 2021 right the series is over thank god I really hope they they do do something with oh. Tati Gabriel because she honestly helped carry that series I will also say that Aunt Zilda that's that's the thinner aunt, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I would say that Prudence and Aunt Zilda definitely carried the series. Um, <laughs> um, they have the better storylines to me, but I really hope that she does get some. I like work. Hilda's
1: cause she's fat, but you know. Yeah.
0: There. And it also just speaks to how much they don't care, right? Because you would never think about how these white, how their white counterparts, who they're playing, you know, supporting actress to. You would never ask if they had hair and makeup. And I also think that it's important to note that not only did... Uh, what was the name? I'm trying to think. Angela McGee. Oh, um. So her name was Trina McGee in real life. Um. Said that she didn't have access to a hairstylist. Right? So it means that they weren't even trying to provide somebody for her. Yeah. So that even in the 90s, even though that sounds like an era where people were already on the verge of being like you know racism really was kind i mean not really because you know the la riots happened then right but yeah you know at a time when boy meets world came on you know and you're trying to focus in on more black characters on television right you would think that it it that, that would be something that they would put kind of that heavy emphasis on, but
1: yeah, I don't, but yeah, but then you you even have to think about like, yeah, of course, like with hair, but also with makeup, a lot of black actresses around that time look fucked up with foundation a few times absolutely, because they were trying you know the white the, the white hair stylists and makeup artists are trying to make them like look like ghosts, basically, the shit looked gray,
0: yeah, and Yvette brown, um Yvette Nicole Brown, yeah had actually tweeted about, what was it, two years ago, saying that a lot of black actresses have to show up with their hair done or have their own variety and selection of wigs or else their hair is really just going to look fucked up on set. And I, I... And, you know... That's fucked up. It really is. And there is really no words. Like, I'm not even going to try to put it into words because there are none. Honestly, it's just complete disrespect and disregard for these actresses who you enlist, right? You enlist these people to work on your set. So to not provide them with the adequate services to make them not only just feel comfortable, but also beautiful. And also, you know, and that, I'm not finishing my thought there, but that takes me to another point where it's like, it's almost like intentionally trying to make sure that these black women don't look better than their white counterparts right but yeah they don't have to try because those white women really aren't comparing where they don't compete so okay. you've already failed <laughs> in the beauty department boo um because think about how much they have to do those. think about how those black women look right and how even in the most simplest that they say they were they still weren't eating the black girls up While the white woman, you know, I'm saying the the white women weren't eating the black girls up, even in their simplest of form, while they were receiving all of this makeup and hair and all this extra pampering.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. For real. I mean, either way, just in this time and age, actually, you know what? I'm not even gonna say in this time and age, but just regardless of time, I think it's extremely unacceptable not to have any like you know um, cosmetologists stylists to be able to cater to the needs of black women because it's like you know there are so many black actresses out here that are very beautiful and it's just like i just feel like if you really want to show your skill set as an artist you need to be able to work on different groups of people black actresses are number one period yeah. you got people like angela bassett viola davis octavia spencer cicely
0: tyson oh <laughs> ripped to a legend
2: this
1: is Oh. Uh,
0: you, you wait, this too soon. Absolutely. So, moving on from that, <laughs> I think it's safe to say we can move on from that. Because um, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah for go. real. So, you know, last week Salt and Pepper came out. Last Saturday, Salt and Pepper came on. It came on a lifetime. <laughs> the oh, lifetime.
1: yeah, you loved it so much. Mm,
0: I wouldn't go that far, honey, but... Tune in. Um, <laughs> Listen in. Um, hear, here. So, last week, the salt and pepper biopic, it, it aired on Lifetime. There, first of all, the movie was three hours long. Um, I, I think that that was kind of over-exaggerated. <laughs> I believe that they could have done that in less time, if not an hour and 30 minutes. Not trying to take any thing away from those black women. But speaking of taking away from black women, they allegedly made sure that Spinderella was actually not a part of the Biopic that aired last Saturday. So if you aren't familiar with who Spinderella is, Spinderella is literally the third official member of Salt and Pepper. If you go on any wiki site or any hip hop institution site or any, you know, archival site that talks about hip hop groups or just hip hop figures, Spinderella will always be included in Salt and Pepper. So, most notably, she's supposed to be the DJ of the group, but there are songs where she is actually featured on, right? So, Spinderella had actually went to Twitter and was talking about how she was saddened about the group and just kind of talked about how, you know, salt and Pepper in that time, in the 90s through early 2000s, was one of those few and scarce female rap figures, right? And, and, And I think the most... Amazing thing about them was that they were a trio, even though, again, people a lot of people are misinformed and misled to believe that they're a duo, but they were. I was one of them, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but that's the way that the media plays it because that's the way that Salt and Pepper, um, specifically Sandy and. Sandra, what the hell is their name? Sandy and, um, I don't even know what the other one's name is, to be honest. (laughs) Um, oh well. But, you know, specifically Salt and Peppa are are the ones who, you know, kind of feed that to the media. That she didn't have any major part or any major role. And so she was just saddened to see that the group that once empowered women is now basically putting her, a woman, down. And kind of claiming that she hasn't contributed to the group as much as they did. Which isn't which isn't right.
1: <laughs> um, you know, definitely like yeah, it's not right because I again definitely didn't know that there were more than two members to Salt and Pepper. Um, of course, I'm very ignorant when it comes to rap culture a lot of the times, so which I am working on. I also read that well, of course, like when they first kind of came to be, well, not when they first came to be, but when they were about to go on tour. The original person that was supposed to be their DJ dropped out, and then you know, uh they were looking for a last minute DJ, and Wendy Williams apparently was in line as well to be a DJ for Salt and Pepper. Were you aware of that? Yes. So I didn't know that so I didn't even salt- know that she had history with them. I just want to say that also Salt and Pepper,
0: like it was the odd oddest... Salt and Pepper, even the way that New York hip hop culture functioned, right, was that there was a lot of connection. So a lot of the people who became like big icons, whether they were comedians, whether they were rappers, singers, had already kind of known each other through circles. So that's kind of already believable. So even in the film you see that they worked at a call center initially. So basically I mean, so basically Salt got Pepper a job that she was already working at, which was in a call center. So Erica, you're never gonna even believe that both Kid and Play worked at the same call center at the same time, and so did Martin what Morris. The fuck? Wait. So that's five celebrities who came out of one fucking call center. So that's this how is, this is low key like the work. Mickey
1: Mouse Club for white people.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. So it's like there's and see that's I think that's one of the biggest things that people try to emphasize about rap culture back then versus now. Because back then there was this collective responsibility to make sure that everybody around you was What's good.
1: yeah.
0: Right? And so now it's a competition and you're not trying to put anybody on. You're trying to make sure that you keep that spotlight. And so I think that's where the two, that's where the main divider of the culture has shifted. It's not even about who can rap better and who cannot rap better. Because even back then those conversations were going on. I think it's about how we just, even in that community, are not holding ourselves to a higher standard and making sure that people are good, making sure that people are put on, making sure that we that other people see our friends and our family's talents too. And yeah. I agree. So I um I I, I just want to just kind of speak a little bit more, like a little bit more again to why the whole situation is wrong. Yeah, go so, again, Spinderella is the third member. There is no unofficial third member. No, she's the official third member. She's been in all of their performances with them. She's received Grammys with them. She's gone on tour with them. And she even has verses on various songs. So, at this point, it feels like it's just greeted at this point because... Back in 2019 is when she actually received a formal firing. So imagine, you know, this group that isn't even technically together, you know, hasn't technically hasn't really produced or put out anything in the last two decades for real for real. You know, contacting you on the premise of firing you when they're not even doing much, but going on tour now. So, it's greed, right? And so, they figure yeah, that they can that really real. just benefit off of getting the money two ways rather than three. And it, it it's just... I, I'm even okay with that, I guess. But even the way that she was portrayed in the movie was as if she didn't have any major role in the group. You see, whenever there's recording parts, it's literally just salt and pepper recording. There's no spinderella meanwhile when you look back at the photos you see all three of them at the mic so and, and then you know with her not having any involvement the person who plays her who has a very minimum role in the film doesn't isn't allowed that same connection that they're allowed to have with the people who are, you know, playing and representing them. And so that is kind of just dirty because it's like they created this character of her, of what they wanted the public to see of her and of her involvement. So it's just overall, it's not right. And like she said, it's nothing. She said herself, there's really just nothing worse than, you know, people who build themselves up off of the whole idea of women empowerment. And then... Put another woman down. Because okay. at the end of the day, whether you think that her contribution was big or not, everybody from the nineties who was very conscious about what was going on in the nineties is always going to credit Spinderella as a member of Salt and Pepper. You can't erase that. You can't erase her history. You can't erase her positioning. You can try to, but I don't know what to tell. I, I, I don't know. I'm very, I just, you know, the good thing is Spinderella has a memoir coming out. I am definitely looking forward to reading that. I would definitely love to see what her version of events is. And I would also just definitely love to see somebody take on her story, right? I would love this because we didn't get that answered in the film. And I'm sorry. So Erica didn't see the film. I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk a lot um about this, but Erica didn't necessarily see the film. So it's kind of hard for them to you
1: know expand on it um, oh yeah no i mean like yeah i mean i yeah of course i didn't see i probably i well yeah no i'm probably not gonna see it i'm really not a, i've never been a fan <laughs> of song Bible music i just know i just don't have any type <laughs> of respect for people i don't have respect for people that make up their own version of history like even if it comes to family and shit it's just like i think that's corny because
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you know Ra- clearly what rashid is saying is true and if they did leave since they did leave spinderella out um and she was a very integral part of the group. Like she was a member of the group, whether it was big or small. You leaving her out and trying to downplay her role, that's fucking corny. Like and if they are that's yeah, and if they are trying to play on the you know, the whole thing of women empowerment, that's corny as shit. And I don't stand with them, I stand against them, and you all should too. Yep. So
0: So I think that it is safe to say that you should all go out and buy Spinderella's memoir when it comes out. Um, I will try to keep you all updated on when that happens, but Good luck to Spinderella, and, well, you can catch Peppa on Growing Up Hip Hop. New York, I believe. No, not New York. Mm, I don't even know what franchise she belongs to. All I know is she's usually drunk as hell when she's on there with a bad wig. So
1: I'm sorry. Wh- okay, is okay. No, I was about to say something really fucked up. <laughs> is that the one that be? Is it the one that looks bad? Is that is that who she is? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. The one who you can tell. you because like,
1: you because you because you know you can tell like it's like the one that yeah, looks bad. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that that's salt you saying or that's that's Peppa. Peppa. Peppa's that's a Peppa? taller one. So Peppa's a taller ah, one. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Yep, yes, tall.
0: She's yes, very tall. She makes. Very yeah. tall, statuesque. She was like the original stallion, to be honest. Um, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a very beautiful woman. Um, but she, she kind of had that thing going. Around. Yes. Mm. Hmm. Kind of had that thing far. going on that, you know, just kept going and kept going with the work and kind of just, you know, looks a little busted now. But, you know, and she has the wig to match. So, you know, good luck to her, wow. and hopefully, her daughter doesn't get her ass beat by Brianna. Um. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well. Um. In other. <laughs> Okay. That's for well, all my um, growing up
0: hip hop fans out there.
1: <laughs> no idea. I did not even know growing up hip hop was. Well, last time I checked, it was like Bow Wow feuding with Jermaine Dupri. Oh wow. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was, that was that was that was that was like this. That was a while ago. It was like the yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but cool. Um, the next thing, uh, you know, is something that really that it really did suck at my heartstrings. But it's the first time. The first time I was introduced to it was through Rashid's story. Um, it was something that was posted in the Philly Inquirer. Um, a 12 year old right now is unfortunately facing, um, I think manslaughter charges because he, well, he was involved in the shooting and the death of his nine year old sister. Um, just for more clarity, um, from what I'm reading, what happened, um, the 12 year old boy, the nine year old girl, her, his sister, her name is, um, Nisa um and then a 5-year-old cousin, they were all in the house. I don't believe the, you know, anybody was home with them. I think maybe the girlfriend, the father's girlfriend if anything. Um there was a gun in the house. Um the 12-year-old boy brought it out. Um and the 5-year-old took it, accidentally shooting the 9-year-old. Um of course, the 5-year-old didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, he thought he was playing a game. Um he was thinking that her life would regenerate as if in a game. Um so that um So yeah, you you're right about that, but
0: the only thing is you got to have it's a little twisted with the the 12-year-old is the one who actually has been telling his mom that his sister's going to come back.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I said that I not I okay. I oh, I thought you had said
0: the 5-year-old was the one who Oh, said I,
1: it. I I may have I may have done that. My that's my fault. But um, you know the 12-year-old, unfortunately, has been arrested. Um, and he is being charged with, uh, as an, I th- is it as a juvenile or as an adult rushing?
2: Mm,
0: manslaughter charges. So I'm guessing, well. Okay,
1: he, wa- he was arrested and charged as a juvenile um, in connection with her death. Um, was charged with involuntary manslaughter and recklessly endangering another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because of that, on the other side of that, the two children's father um, also faces charges because of the death. Um, he was also arrested on trial- charges of involuntary manslaughter, um, endangering welfare of a child, corruption of minors, and also, I think, firearm violations. Unfortunately, their dad is prohibited from having a gun. Um, so while he was not at home at the time of the shooting, he did have possession of that gun and another gun, which is in violation of his parole. Um, so unfortunately, um, you know, they're both in jail. Um, I am hoping that, you know the little boy definitely gets out because um he had no intention of doing that i don't believe wait so is and he I,
0: actually arrested or is he they're just saying just he's being arrested charged? wow
1: they're saying they're saying he was arrested from what i'm wow. reading in an article in the, in the inquiry
0: that's even more fucked than what i than what i assumed to be honest i read like maybe two yeah. articles when it happened but i hadn't read any um other developments other than the charging so that's fucked. That's really yeah, they say fucked.
1: he was arrested on Wednesday, I believe? Was it Wednesday or last Wednesday?
0: Wow. It, I believe it would be this week. I believe it would be this week that he was arrested. Because yeah. last week is when it happened.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that uh, it it really truly did break my heart reading that. Um, you know, whenever a children die, a child, you know, a ch- I said of children dies, when whenever children die, period, it mm-hmm. always breaks my heart. Um, and also just seeing that the little boy was charged like that, um, yeah. Um, but also, you know, another thing I did want to kind of just like highlight, while it's not about, um, while it's not about the father. Um, it's just really weird. Cause now that I had that like fucked up article written about me, um, I look at the way that they word things a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then the, you know, the way that they try to, you know, they, the way that they kind of just report things about the father is kind of wild because maybe they'll say that he was on benefits or something like that. And it's like, what did that have to do with anything? Right. But I just wanted to say that, but yeah. It, it, it's no, very
0: media. It's like framing it, right? It's framing yeah. it to be like, Oh, like, you know what I'm saying? He's on public assistance. So your taxpayer dollars are going to this man who whose gun was at fault for this, you know, for this death. And it's like, no, that has no relevance to it, but all right, thanks, you know.
1: Yeah. It's just like I don't <laughs> understand. But yeah, um very it's a very fucked up situation. Um, it's I don't know why, but for some reason it just seems like they're framing it as if the boy um, did it on purpose, like kind of set the five-year-old up to do it. But it's like, you know, a detective on the scene did say that everything points to an accident. I'm hoping that they do realize that it's an accident and, you know, they let that boy go. Absolutely. I really
0: do. Um, I just think that it's just not the answer, right? I think that there needs to be trauma support for the entire family, especially that yeah. little boy, because he is going to already grow up and realize when he steps out of that innocence... Well, first of all, right now, he's already being stripped of that innocence. So there's nothing, honestly, that we could do to give that back to him. But he's going to, from just being jailed alone and being arrested alone, going to put in his head that he thinks that he's responsible for this rather than having, like, having ignorant intentions. And I'm not saying ignorant in a negative way. I'm saying that in just an overall not knowing way, right? He told his mom, as Erica said earlier, that his mom, after, you know, the whole thing had happened and when the whole story had came out, he, you know, while his mom is crying, he's telling his mom, you know, it'll be okay, mom, she's coming back. Because he's under the impression that life is like a video game. He's really under that impression because, again, he has this innocent mind because that's what kids have. So... I personally, I have seen people talk about this. I have seen people try to call out other groups and other organizations over this situation because people feel like nobody's doing enough. So this is what I want to say, right? I want to I put my skills and my resources and my, you know, efforts where my mouth is. And I want to just say that I want to offer the support and ask that if anyone may know his family, or can get in contact with them to get legal support, please contact me on the Freedom Join page. Please let me know what we can do as a community, how we can come together to help this little boy and his family. And uh, I want to kind of just address something really quickly. So, you know, on the Freedom Join page, I am very always open. I'm very, it's a very caring space, very safe space for a lot of people to be themselves It doesn't matter who you are, but I hold all priority, of course, for black people. Not black and brown people, not black and non-black, but not also white people, but black people. Black people are my priority because black people are my community. Black is what I am, and black is what everybody sees when I walk out of that door. Okay. There are people asking, white people specifically asking, how could this happen? And I want for you all to understand that in times like this, it is not a time to distance yourself from these tragedies. And it's not a time to distance your whiteness from these things. <laughs> because your unwillingness to see these situations as a consequence of your intentional blindness is how this happened. Your act of unknowingness allows for these, sim- for these systems to operate this way. It's your job to show up. It's your job to be out in the streets marching for that family. It's your job to lend those skill sets to his family to ensure that this little boy is acquitted of all charges and is given free therapy for as long as he may need it. And the work overall is working out of pure interest and not questioning out of guilt. And that's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah. I mean I'm I'm with Rashid. I do hope that like if anybody does know the family, um, you know, people that know the boy, um, do reach out to the Freedom Joan page because as we have seen in the past, um, the Freedom Joan page is indeed a godsend. Um, and it's, you know, full of resources. Um, many people follow it who would be able to help the family and be able to help as far as like, you know, legal um issues and also just with support as a whole. So if you do know the family, please reach out. Um and I also just pray for the mental well-being of the boy but also the family as a whole. Um I do know that loss is such a, ter- is a terrible thing. Um and then grief um grieving can just be never ending. Mm-hmm. Um but I just pray for their peace of mind. Um I think this was a very horrible thing that happened. Um and I don't feel that that boy should go to jail or be arrested because of it. Mm-hmm. So that's um that's all that I have to say honestly.
0: Absolutely. So moving on from that, we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but um, Cecily Tyson, Cecily Tyson specifically, that's how you pronounce her name, Cecily, <laughs> Cecily Tyson passed away yesterday. Um, it was announced late afternoon around maybe six, seven o'clock. And I, I just want to say that she was 93. And she lived a very long life. And I you know, earlier I seen a tweet that kinda of highlighted this. I had already had it written down, but I seen a tweet that kind of just sent my thoughts perfectly, which was that a lot of people were saying, Oh my god, 2021 has took her away from us, and that kind of dishonors her legacy, right? That kind of dishonors yeah, 100%. how much she's brought us and how good life has honestly been for her and been for us to have gained as to gain ninety-three years of wisdom from that woman, right? Is just honestly something we don't even deserve because the way that a lot of people move and dishonor our ancestors and our elders, you know, that is a blessing to be able to have somebody like Cicely Tyson, you know, still be here with us and even make it into 2021. (sighs) But you know, for those who don't know. Cicely Tyson was an actress who just broke the molds for so many good actors and actresses. Um, And she has over 100 credits under her belt. So that's TV series, TV miniseries, films, and other productions. And she was pretty much the original portrayer of historical black women in films and overall just powerful black women in films. She was one of those, you know... Um, trendsetters and overall just OGs who kind of like stepped out of that whole maid narrative, right? Even though she was also in The Help. But that was later on in her life. And, you know, that's a choice that she that she made. And every choice she made, she said that she moved with intention and that she tried her best. And, you know, we have to honor that. But she has played people like Coretta Scott King, Harriet Tubman, Kunta Kinte's mother. Um, and she's won many awards, including an Emmy for her work. And Vanessa Williams had actually one time I remember she had said, um, so I have uh she said that she's our moral street, right? And that's when it comes to roles and crafts, she had played a lot of those roles that people black people specifically wanted. And so I actually know that Vanessa's intentions were very pure and they were very lighthearted and very, you know, out of love. But I would like to switch that and just say that Meryl Streep is their Cicely Tyson.
1: Because Meryl Streep could never, with such elegance, grace. And, like, also, like, Cicely Tyson always just gave so and put so much depth into every character she Mm -hmm. played. Like, I think every character she played, I've always kind of just, like, felt, I don't, I'm going to sound dramatic and I'm going to sound like Anjaldine and I feel like you'll know what I mean. No, but it's just like, I just, I always just felt something, (laughs) you ever, you ever hear a song and you kind of get this chilling you, it's like at Mm -hmm. some point in every movie she played, I just always felt that chilling me, cause she'll have some type of monologue, and it's like, that's so powerful what she said, and then the way she would deliver it would be amazing, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I just had to say that, it's just cause Meryl Streep could never, but go ahead, yeah, but
0: it's real, it's like her, it's like people like her, Maya Angelou, Coretta Scott King, Uh, um, who was the other, who's the other woman, Diane Carroll, Um, just so many of them were just very poised, very elegant, and just very, you know, there was always this just, no matter what age they got, right, there was always this, like, kind of youthfulness about them, where they were always able to kind of, like, transcend words to no matter what generation they were appealing to. Um, and they were just always just able to just, just guide us. And I, I, I really think that that is a gift that we were given. So I am just going to say that the girls room waves goodbye to a legend and icon in the black community and we wish her eternal peace. And we just overall want to say thank you to Cicely Tyson for all of your work and your dedication to us
1: for sure also I just want to say this real quick because somebody asked me this and it and it really grinds my gears when people do this shit so i think that maybe this could also be a moment where i bring this up when people fucking ask you like how did somebody die i think that's so fucking inappropriate <sighs> i just want i just wanted to say that because like somebody i was talking to somebody about cecily tyson nine one of, one of the guys i was talking to and he was like, how did she die? And I'm like, do it fucking better!" Like, it's just like, because that always bothers me. It's just, it's just, that's just, it's no reason. They're gone now. You don't need to know. And you know what? It It's just, it's just weird. I just wanted to say that because that bothers me so fucking much. And I think it's inappropriate. I think that's just like such an intimate thing to ask. And it doesn't need to be asked ever.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, I can speak to that even even as far as, well, there was a girl who went to my school, to my alma mater, LaSalle University, Rose Marie, um, rest in peace to her. She passed away this week as well, oh, um, leaving peace. behind a daughter, leaving behind a family, of course. And, you know, when I went online and I seen that she had passed away, there were about maybe two or three people from my school who just blatantly, when people asked, felt Oh. I felt okay to just put the details God about how she, you know, died in, not even just, I don't know, like, in the, in the comment section, like, damn, like, damn, y'all don't have no cootie, y'all don't have any grace, like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I get you, Erica, like, I, I make sure that everybody knows, do not ask me under yeah. this post, specifically, how she passed away because people don't understand that that can also be triggering, right?
1: It is. I remember they, they did that with my mom, and it's like, do it fucking matter? Like, just shut the fuck up and move on. Mm-hmm. Like, And then, especially that's just now, so weird. especially
0: yeah. now in a time like COVID, right? People are always looking to see, like, who COVID is claiming and whose life, you know, who succumbed to COVID and who. It's hasn't.
1: really morbid. Mm hmm.
0: So, it, it, yeah, I definitely saw that, Erica. I definitely get you.
1: But yeah, I'm just I just had to say that it had to be said. So I said, let me just do it right now. <laughs> Period. Um next up uh Chris Jenner, um the media mogul, the momager, um the ugly Pharrell, the plastic She like person. she reminds
0: me of Angela Houston or Houston or whatever the hell when she played really? on the witches, that original like witches. Oh,
1: you know Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Right. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see that the new adaptation by the way. But. Yeah. It was good. I, I thought it was
0: I thought it was pretty okay, um, apparently. I don't
1: know. Salvatore said it was bad, so I don't know. But then again. Mm. Salvatore. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, Chris Jenner's ex bodyguard has filed a sexual harassment suit against her for three million dollars. <laughs> um so I just <laughs> cool. So well not cool, but yeah, so you know, the ex bodyguard's name is Mark McWilliams. Um, and in the suit he's saying that uh in many different instances she touched his butt and his his penis, as well as, you know, exposed herself to him. Um, also has said that uh, you know, she's insinuated that they engage in romantic and sexual relations, sadly. Um And he's very upset about this and so he would like, you know, he would like the cash monies, you know? <laughs> um, you know, they had court, they had a court hearing, and apparently none of them showed up. And when I say none of them, also in this suit was named Courtney Kardashian. Um, her oldest daughter. So yeah, so Courtney didn't show up, Chris didn't show up, and also apparently Mick Williams didn't show up. I'm not really sure why that was. But nobody showed up. It's not going I think it's kind of halted at the moment but I thought it was something good to bring up cuz I feel like a lot of the time people kind of question whether or not men can be victims of sexual harassment mm-hmm. or a sexual assault and it's very possible. But also Chris Jenner you disgust me.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wow. Um I am just it's just weird because you know, you hear exactly everything that he said like touching on his groin, thighs, rear, even has like you know, tried to like you know, massage him on his back without, of course, his consent. And it's just disgusting. Like, it's it's and it's always disgusting when it comes from that dynamic of like you know, <laughs> that white woman in power who just sees black men as that sexual object, right? But he says that he has taken the appropriate actions to his human resources department to make them aware of that matter, and apparently they did nothing. So apparently yeah. he has gone through the right channels, and if you think about it, you know, accusations like this, I don't think that people really realize the magnitude of, you know, how, so- how much evidence has to be formed... Before somebody chooses to take on a case, right? And so, you know, if he says that he has actually gone to human resources, I'm guessing that's one of the thriving reasons as to why he's able to even claim this lawsuit. So I I personally believe him because when you, you just look at the Kardashians background, right? They flame black men around like new purses. Um, and we see where they got it from their fucking mom, like they're, they're fucking just life sucking. Like she drains the life out of her own fucking daughter. So imagine how she, yes, I don't, yes, exactly. And it's just like, as soon as Caitlin divorced her, she went out and got a black man to match her daughter's accessorized fucking fetishes. And you know they just again like I said they just have such a vile history of sexualizing black men. I don't know if you remember Erica, but I don't know if you remember, but it was like a few years back, I believe I was still in college, but the Kardashians the had ones. made this post right, and they and they were like, "We're the only KKK that black men love." <laughs>
1: That was so trash. And what I think I, about. Yeah we, I th- yeah, we all tore them
2: to
0: pieces. Yes. And what I think about is how that is like a public thing that you can go look up, right? And how since then, they have all had multiple black men as partners.
1: Black men have no shame. It's so sad. <laughs> like, it's just like, they just do anything. It's just like, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> Y'all are, if you're listening, black men are so embarrassing. I'm like, this is goddamn. <laughs> and that's
0: real though right because it's just like what the fuck are y'all even talking about at this point
1: i Sis just hetero black men i'm sorry oh, Sis hetero black
0: men. i mean you know we can we can say that but there's some black gays in their groups of networks too honey so you know this is true this and you know black black gay I men you know like even this. the teams that i see them a part of whether it's the kardashians or anybody else you know, they allow some of these women as well to disrespect them too to be on the in crowd and that's not that's not yelling self respect either boo. So, you know, honestly, it's really just, you know, black fems and trans folks against the world and it's really sad. I just I'm so tired. I am just uh <laughs> I'm just
1: Oh, also um to add on to that um Chris Jenner, you know, you know, he also said that uh Kris Jenner has been caught yelling obscenities specifically um racist um and also homophobic things to many of her staff. What? So that's another thing. Um Oh my god. But also not surprised because well they're them. Yeah.
0: Keeping up with the racist.
1: Keeping up with the crackers. <laughs> Woo! Because let's not forget that they are crackers. No matter what type of bronzer you're put on underneath it, you're still a cracker.
0: So yeah.
1: So moving on, right?
0: <laughs> what else do you have for us, Erica?
1: Okay, yeah. So um, just wanted to bring up that Joe Biden um rejected the the trans ban that um Trump had on the military. Um, and he is also working to bring back Obamacare. Um which is an exciting thing, I'd say. To an extent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like it's a lot of other things that could be done to bring equality. Um, as far as like the trans equality act, you could like put that in motion. I think that that was best been rejected on a few times as far as bringing equality to housing and different jobs and other aspects in which trans people can be looked at as, you know, you know, part of the majority and not ostracized for being, you know, for their identities, um, but I think it could be a step in the right direction. You know, if you are a trans person and you would like to join the military, you know, you are able to do that now as of Joe Biden's ruling on that. I think that's cool. Also Obamacare coming back and being an option. Mm-hmm. Oh wait. Wait wait, you side. I don't know. Wait. <laughs> oh well, no.
0: It's it's no, go ahead. I'll I'll you know, it's it's more so just like Yeah. I'll let you finish, and then I'll I'll just kind of, like, just give my little piggyback. Mm.
1: Okay. But, like, I feel like something he could work on, you know, you know, work on nationwide non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people. Um, That could be a way that you can, like, make things better as well. It's just, like, I'm just, you know what? It's, like, because I heard Rashid sign, now I'm just anxious to hear what he's saying. Um... Is Rashi going to attack me, you guys? What do you
0: think? Probably. No, boo-boo. I'm not going to attack you. I think that, again, there are a lot of people who are excited about this. And I'm not going to say they shouldn't be excited about this because there were protections put in place for certain people, right? And that was one of the things that even disabled people had kind of, you know, gotten to their bout with Trump about was that, you know, he took a lot of their rights away. And so the, I I I am hoping that in the way that they bring that back there there are certain even just trans rights and disabled people's rights and you know a lot of more stuff is covered under that healthcare right um but the, the thing about it is I I don't know how much people were paying for that Um, because right now I I was getting, last year I had got healthcare through the the marketplace and it was, it was insane. And so, you know, marketplace is supposed to kind of be like this place that you go to get the insurance and it's supposed to be like a cheaper rate, but I was paying $300 for my insurance and I still am. So, and that's through the marketplace. Well, now Pennsylvania has their own penny.com, but it's just like, you know, a lot of these things also that people are very excited about are really just the things that he's bringing back created under the, um, the Obama administration. And so quiet as capped, honey, it is really just showing that his presidency is really just an extension of the Obama legacy. And mm. there really won't be much difference between the things that we even saw with Obama, Right. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. That's just just true. And
0: yeah. with you know knowing his you know war criminal history, girls, if you don't know about that, go look it up because I can't teach you everything. But <laughs> you know, y'all should definitely look up Obama's involvement with even the you know Israeli occupation of Palestine, right? And how he was even able to like play into that with you know his war politics, um. And I just think that overall, a lot of people are saying it's just his first whatever, whatever days. I don't I don't even know when the fuck the inauguration was at this point. Um, But it's his, it's his first such and such days. And they're like, he's trying his hardest. And I'm like, no, because he has the power of executive action. So if he wanted to actually cancel all of student debt, he really could have, right? And so he's not even doing that. He's not doing really anything specifically for the ICE folks. He's not really doing anything major for, you know, prison abolition. You know, they keep calling it reform, and that's exactly what it is. It's just reforming it to a different way to make sure that they, honestly, because, you know, I think the biggest difference, the biggest, the biggest, mm, the biggest thing that people are confused about is that I think that people think that public prisons for some reason don't make money when they make just as much money as private prisons on <laughs> and um you know he could do so much more but he has his own assets and he has his own agenda to protect to protect and he's a part of the upper society right and though as we talked uh, as I talked about last week you know that's a society that would love to see nothing more than the poor struggle to keep the weight off of their backs So, I guess that's really just why I have like that deep sigh because there's just not, he's just not doing as much as he could be doing. And
1: oh, no, of course, I just think, and you know what's sad, it's very much very similar to dating. Like, when you date a lot of like ratchet, like corn boys, niggas who like don't accept you for who you are, or like really just shitty people, when you see somebody that does the bare minimum, it just sounds like heaven. So I think when it comes to presidency, unfortunately, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm kind of just thinking, like, anything's better than Trump, but you're definitely 100% but right. that's a good point, though, he could definitely, but that's still a He could good definitely point. do better. And I don't
0: mean to, like, make it seem like I feel, I don't mean, I don't want you to feel like I'm invalidating your thought, right? Because oh, no, I, I never do, feel that way. Just like you, just like I said, this is a win for some people, like disabled people and hopefully trans people as well. Um, to get some of those things they were stripped of when Trump, you know, did all of his repeals and all of his bans and things like that. But you know, it's still only helping them to a certain extent. So I, you know, I am eager to see what else he is going to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm really hoping that he does go forward with the Equality Act, which is like you know the um. The legislation that ultimately bans like all the different types of discrimination strictly on like gender identity or sexual orientation throughout the u.s um that would be something really amazing because right now people like queer people or trans people specifically lack basic protection so like even when it comes to the smallest things which is like you know just being safe in a public bathroom that lines with their gender identity mm-hmm. um so i just look forward to that and i do hope that that does happen
2: mm-hmm.
1: so
0: to move on from that y'all favorite the rubber band man child got out got caught out here popping the fuck off apparently in not good ways honey so there are t.i and tiny
1: sexual assault claims <laughs> And I wait, I'm sorry, I didn't know so. Like, here's real quick, I just want to say this I didn't know they were still together for real, for real. Like, I was, and which was stupid because I thought that like he cheated on her, right? Well, they don't do a good job of
0: letting people know they're still together as well, right? Because they're always doing something. Um, the only reason I know they're together is because, of course. The Hyman situation, and they're still on TV apparently. I, I don't watch their show, I never have, but
1: yeah, same, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I just want I'm sorry, just real quick, you know, with that Hyman shit, it's really sad. Like, that I really do feel sorry for his daughter. He really, he really drew with that because she couldn't even fucking post a busted challenge because she was scared of what people were going to say oh, based no. off of her virginity. I just wanted to say that that's really, I don't think we t- ever talked about that, but he's really a trash ass person for that. Yeah. That's all, but go ahead,
0: absolutely. Um. So there's this is woman, she, her name on Instagram is the Glam University. Apparently she has worked in close proximity with um, T.I. and Tiny. Um, her name is Sabrina Peterson. And so the other day she came out on Instagram and there was a comment where she alleged that T.I. had previously held a gun to her head. So there was a series of other actions and tweets that she talked about. Um, in regards to the, in regards to the tweet that, I mean, not the tweet, but the comment that she posted in the shade room section. But since then, you know, a lot of people have come out and have been thanking Peterson for the things that she posted because it's then not only encouraged him to come forward about his harmful actions, but to bring alleged cases of sexual assault to the forefront that apparently he and his team and even wife have been you know, perpetrators of. So I, I, there are honestly, again, there's at least 14 women that I've seen specifically, but, and this is all in 24 hours. Um, but one woman specifically, this, there was two stories that kind of jumped out to me was that one, one woman says that she was in a space with a male friend of hers who apparently was like friends with him. I don't remember where exactly they were, But, you know, security was kind of, like, racking in the girls for him. Was kind of, like, you know, telling the girls one by one to come back to a certain area. And, you know, when the security went to go get her, he was like, oh, no, she cool. Like, that's not my people's. Um, And what he didn't know was that, like, she was a nurse. But she had basically heard Mm -hmm. everything that had happened. Had heard how this one woman was, like, beat and raped and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they had thrown her into the bathroom after they were done, right? And so she actually had kind of snuck into the bathroom to go like make sure she was okay. And when she got in there the girl was unconscious and she just was like battered and broken, of course. And only because she was a nurse was she able to help her. Um and so the second story actually is also short. Um a lot of these a lot of these are like, you know, social media and like Twitter threads and um comments on Instagram and stories on Instagram. So they're very short, um, so that people can like read the whole story. Um but the other one was essentially that uh, two other women, um, when T I Back when they were when they were young, they had um, you know, T.I. came to their town because of course he was doing a tour or something like that, and like any girl, any girl at that age of sixteen, they said they were, you wanna you know meet T.I. T.I. was the shit back when we were young. Like T.I. was that was that boy right? Yeah. Like T.I., Lil Wayne, Jay Z were the standard, which is why the whole swagger like us thing was like you know phenomenal for us at that age, right? Because they were, you know, what Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Lil Wayne call themselves the, the big three. They were the original big three of my childhood, <laughs> right? Um. So, what those two girls say is that, like, you know, their team, T.I.'s team had approached them, and, you know, after some conversations, they had a- coerced him, I mean, coerced them into having sex with them. And you know, people kind of shift that blame a lot on the girls, and they shift that whole thing on like, well, she asked for that, and that's what she wanted. But that's a sixteen-year-old girl, and she's underage. And whether she wanted that shit or not, that's the rape, boo, right? <laughs> I don't, and yeah. you know, and there are women, right, who will say, you know, that was my choice. And you shouldn't call it rape because I wanted it and this thing. But yeah, but that that's not what the laws say, boo. And I know some laws are derived from racist standards and are just derived from like bullshit places. But you know, I, I I think it's very important that we protect kids, and we and they understand that you know there are certain decisions that you make in your life that you that you might regret, and so some decisions you really just can't make right on your own because you are still in development. Literally, you are still in psychological developmental phases. So I know that there are things that I did before I turned 18 that I regret. I really do. I I, I do. And I thought at the time that I was grown and I was doing those things and I shouldn't have been doing them. And that's what it is, right? That's what it is, is that we don't, we aren't fully able to make, you know, consensual agreements and consensual decisions for ourselves all the time. And I I guess I just want to know, who protects these people? Who protects these these women, right? Who is holding themselves accountable to say, I did not protect my sister or my niece or my daughter, you know what I'm saying, or my friend to the point where T.I. and his team were allowed to rape these girls? And it kind of plays into that whole thing when you think about the surviving R. Kelly documentary for me where it's all these parents who are talking about how all this stuff happens, right? And how R. Kelly was so able to do this, this, and that to their, chi- to their children. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I know people may kind of disagree with me on this one, but I'm also just like, but where the fuck were you? yeah how was r kelly able to do these things to your child if you were there you can say that, that he told you you couldn't be a part of this process and this process or that process and that this was a private thing for the artist and him
1: yeah ain't no way but ain't no way you could separate me from my baby there you go i ain't Period. it's just not <laughs> happening like i don't understand like these people must have been money hungry or something was really trying to get to the bread but like i'm not listening. If Shiloh has to like audition for something or go somewhere where anybody, best believe I'm right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know you like that, sir. And that's T. That's a dub. I don't. I don't really understand how any of this went down. I'm really confused, and also the bodyguards that are playing a part in this. Like, how you like? How are you like? And I, you know, I don't wanna be like, how are you sleeping at night? But like, this is some wild shit going now. Mm-hmm. And you're acting as an accomplice in this. And I'm really not understanding where people are coming from. Like T.I. has children, they Tiny have, they have children. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how would you feel if somebody did it to your child? I don't understand, I'm not, I'm sorry. It's like, I, I saw this like this morning, I was reading up on the situation and I'm just really at a loss for words. Is it because I still sing You Don't Know Me at the top of my lungs? Unfortunately, yes, with my head tilted to the side. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this doesn't sit well with my spirit at all. Um, And I do feel enraged that people weren't protecting these women. I'm very thankful that that nurse was there to be able to check on that woman in that specific incident. Mm-hmm. But, like, damn. And then, like, on top of that, like, and then, t- and then Tiny and T.I. over here, like, just denying this shit as a whole. And it's like, who has time to make this shit up with y'all? Like, y'all are really nobody. Yeah. And, and it's like, mm-hmm. everybody has the same story. These are all synced up stories. P- all these people, all these women came forth and just decided to just plot on y'all randomly?
2: hmm
1: No. Like, y'all are up to no good. Yeah. They should go to hell. They need to go to jail ASAP. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, it's, it's fucked up, right? And, like, Tiny, you know, again, she denies the claims and, you know, has gone as far as to, like, argue with the woman, you know, in a in a, in a public, you know, stratosphere, which is social media. Not necessarily directly, but, you know, make a, a sub a sub post about her. <laughs> and, you know, but the thing about it is Shakana, you know, who was her stupid friend, who, you know, a lot of people may know as the girl who cried about you know malls being raided like coach and shit like that.
1: Oh wait I actually don't know who Shekinah is but I'll <laughs> take your word for it. I'm listening though.
0: Yeah so she made like a statement on her live as well and she, she had essentially kind of like mistakenly spilled the beans mm. and was trying to like come for Peterson's neck <laughs> but also what <laughs> ended up trying to say that Peterson was actually helping T.I. to recruit the girls uh and so, I'm like, oh, okay, so cool. So, even if Peterson is wrong in the situation, you agree that he was still, like, you know, sexually assaulting Wait, girls, right?
1: This adds, like, a whole different dimension. But, yeah, definitely still in the wrong. They both in the wrong. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Ti is canceled for me. Well, I mean, for Rofro, he should have been prior because of the whole, like, Hyman situation. That is inexcusable. And I do... And I do need to like stop, but like he really drooling for this. Like it's a no for me. Him and, t- him and Tiny Ugly Ass, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Not ugly ass. Wait. What's your, what's your dumb ass eye surgery dickhead and your fake ass butt implants? Like, fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> I'm like, mad. I always think like, about how
0: she kind of looks like Smokey Robinson, but also. Okay.
1: Like... Okay. <laughs> I can't unsee it. <laughs> It's just like I don't even have. Time it's sad. To it. I was just, I was just looking at a Smokey Robinson video earlier because you know Shiloh likes to listen to Ebony Eyes with Rick James and um Smokey Robinson. So I oftentimes have to look at Smokey Robinson's face because she's at she. You know it it helps her get at peace. You know she's at peace. <laughs> yeah.
0: But is she because she's really and it's also just a believable thing, right? Because like we said earlier. Uh, any man who who can confidently say that he's checking his daughter's hymen at the gynecologist and, you know, invading her space like that and having that kind of control over her autonomy is just, it, it, his motive should always be examined. Like, and that's the thing about a lot of these leaders, these quote unquote leaders, these rap niggas specifically who want to be like, you know who want to like say one things in their raps first of all, um and also want to live a certain lifestyle, but then also want to be like the black leaders of tomorrow and shit, and think that the words that they're talking about are more valid than anybody else's, right? Um, those men like that, um, they give me very much kind of like Dr. Umar, so like that already like is a red flag for me. And then just in general, when they kind of expand it and they do these like harmful things, like what he's done to his daughter, um, yeah. Like well, I I just think that that's kind of very telling. It, it it's just very telling, right? It it, it just it, it just screams pedophile. It screams rape. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean me again. Like me personally, I'm always going to believe a victim story. Um, that's just me personally because I have been in the shoe um of that. You know, I have been a victim, unfortunately, of sexual assault, um, rape. So yeah uh but again all the women that were targeted by ti and tiny like i like i always do i always pray for their mental health their wellness and i hope that they're able to seek help and seek refuge in somebody so they're able to talk about what they went through absolutely because i think that talking is 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 very much a healing activity yeah um but yeah um cool so i think now we can kind of dive into our you know our main topic um ah, yes. which is what we which I know Rashid has low key been waiting for this whole time. Um, so I know Rashid has created a lot of dialogue and he has been keeping us very much updated yes, yes, yes. on um the Philly fighting COVID nineteen um debacle. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't know why I'm laughing. So, Rashid, do you want to kind of just give a little bit of a blurb or just talk about what happens so that everybody knows? Yes. Yeah, so,
0: um, as you guys may have known, um, I myself and other people have, of course, been kind of backing this organization. Not necessarily backing them, because I never gave my official seal of approval to them, um, like <laughs> like the city did. Um, <laughs> but, whoop, whoop, whoop. But, you know... We're at a time right now where everybody, of course, is looking to get tested. Everybody is looking to get the vaccinations. And so when you get to stand when you see that there's a stamp of approval from the city on this organization, you're like, all right, cool. Like, you know, what I'm saying, well, I-, I can definitely send people there. Right. Because everybody knows that I'm very careful about where I send people, no b- matter whether it's a testing site, no matter whether it's a gun buyback. Or it's a protest, right? Because I wanna make sure that people are safe, people know what's going on around them, and that I'm not sending anybody to some bullshit. So basically, Monday, on Monday evening, the news kind of broke that the city was no longer partnering with Philly Fighting COVID to distribute the COVID 19 vaccine. <laughs> and this is because they had made a switch to for profit suddenly without letting anybody know. And we had also found out that they had updated their privacy terms and conditions without notifying the city as well. So, why, you know, and, and it, it was it was kind of just a spiraling effect, right? So, every day there was a new layer of bullshit just added onto it. And most, most commonly is that what a lot of people, including myself, didn't necessarily know was... The CEO is actually a 22-year-old college student. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> Did he have any background?
0: Oh, okay, cool. So let's even talk about that. And so it it, it kind of just, you know, the city didn't do, didn't vet, actually didn't vet this organization. So it is a nine-month startup company, right? And... They had enlisted them off of the premise that they knew they were going to be getting free help. Because, again, PFC was already run on the basis of, or what we thought they were being run on as a basis of volunteerism. And so, what the fuck is his name? Andre, but he spells Andre. it with an I. It's, spelled,
1: it's really a weird spelling. That's yeah. what I commenting on. Andre DeRoshin. yeah, your, very, yeah, your, Andre DeRoshan. Douchebag.
0: yeah, very stupid.
1: Andre Dickhead for sure. Yeah, very really...
0: okay, very Philly fighting dickheads. Um, <laughs> and so it's just like he has his full resume of uh, where he says that he's a real estate investor. Um, not no, not a real estate investor, a real estate developer. I be- no, yeah, a real estate investor. Hmm, a real estate investor. He's a filmmaker. He's an air quality specialist. And he's done all of these different things, right? And then when you actually take a look inside of them and you look to see what these things are, nobody in the air quality business has ever fucking heard of him. First of all, I don't even know what the fuck the air quality business is, but...
1: Yeah, I was about to ask you if you knew anything about that because I really never heard yeah. anybody say they were in that line. Yeah. Definitely padding the resume. I was going to say, I
0: don't know shit about it, to be honest, and it's whatever. Um, and then you know he says that he was like this big like filmmaker and this you know he's worked and he's created like 15 different fucking short films, all of which nobody fucking knows of but apparently they are real things, but it's under like his it's under like his father's like producing or some shit like that. Um, it,
1: it has no, either way has nothing to do right. with administering vaccines. I'm waiting to hear. Is, that, right, right. <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah, you're just saying all of these things. That I'm like healthcare background. So I'm just like, anything phlebotomy, like, you got to Okay, hey, like, like,
0: bitch, like, have you even done, like, girl, have you even been one of those fucking weird volunteers who goes to the fucking well, I say, what, takes do you have with the, the <laughs>
1: kids? Real shit, medical terminology, like, like fucking, what's going on? a rescue going?
0: mission, something, bitch, <laughs>
1: right? Like, Nothing. you know, so. Just air quality and short film. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Love
0: and love development,
1: right? Like, okay, all NBA capitalistic artists.
0: things, right? And it even comes to find out that this film department that he says he's founded is actually just the name of the department of the high school that he went to. I just
1: i just hate this whole thing it's just like if anything if any if any anytime philly showed that they were stupid it was it was, this. It was definitely because i'm like y'all like because i'm like i had to go through this crazy vetting process when i applied to work for a public health management corporation which i didn't get by the way but whatever i'm not mad yes i am but y'all but y'all didn't like check his background and see what the fuck he was capable of and what he was doing in the past what's going on here philly and, like, my whole thing is, like, motherfuckers go through background
0: checks for simpler things like McDonald's. Like, motherfuckers That's are shit. getting turned away for having a small fucking background. I mean, for having, like, you know, small backgrounds and shit a like that. And gap in deployment histories, yes. Right. And, you know, just overall being discriminated against because we have black check. Meanwhile, this nigga was able to list all these fake things on his resume, right? And didn't shit. And didn't shit click on these motherfuckers. Okay, and then even says, you know, when a spokesperson spoke to reporters, they asked them. They was like, you know, well, you didn't think that the lack of experience and his age should have told y'all something? And the spokesperson is like, oh, that didn't have any bearing in the in the decision. The organization it, it, met all the qualifications, and I'm just like, well, what? Show corny. me the qualifications, bitch, because I'm tired the quali- of I'm doing you
1: all. Oh, you already know what the qualifications were. He was white. Ah, yes.
0: White is right, like white on rice.
1: The complexion for the protection, as Paul Mooney would say. Ah, yes, yes. Unfortunately.
0: Yes, cracker shit. Um, um That protecting <laughs> of Yeah, again, that 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 trust that they have in each other, right? That trust that no matter what skill set they bring, you know, they'll still be better than, you know, the the, the, the Negro on staff, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, basically.
0: Um and so you know, he, first of all, his whole thing about the scale-up was that, you know, he said that he was scaling up, they were going to be moving a for-profit to scale up the number of vaccination sites and to be able to bill insurance companies for reimbursements. And my whole thing about that is, if you are smart, then you know that the non-profit industry itself is very much, like, kind of its own, like, capitalistic venture. Yeah. And there are, like, you know, hospitals that are that are technically 501c3s. I believe, actually, that Chestnut Hill Hospital, I mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Chestnut Hill Hospital is a 501c3.
1: Ooh, is this a Snapple fact for today I'm going to check? Yes. I believe it. And so
0: it. it's just one of those things for me where it's just, like, Y'all aren't doing shit, right? Y'all ain't doing shit, to be honest. And y'all aren't, y'all aren't, I, I I don't know. Y'all ain't doing shit. Y'all, and so how that kind of, how they kind of found out about the lack of terms is just that the, you know, they, they checked the terms and so they found out that basically there were terms and conditions on there that said things about people's information that could possibly be shared or sold. And especially with the whole move to like for-profit, and the thing about that is just that he he kind of shrugged it off and kind of made up, a, again, another excuse. This is, I'm talking about Andre. I'm talking to you, bitch, Andre. Um, So listen up and take ease. Don't just break it down to this, like Asia Star would say. But he said that the reason why there was a miscommunication about the whole terms and conditions thing was that Reporters had pressed him on it, and so because reporters had started asking him questions, and they realized they didn't have one, they had draft one up immediately. <laughs> mm. So you know what does that tell you, Erica? Right? That that tells you that that right there alone is kind of just wrong because y'all don't even have the internal organization going on.
1: It's very much collab team.
0: Yeah. <laughs> very much calamities we're just going to like you know let the facilitators do everything and just take all claim all the work for it um yeah cuz that's their job duh mm-hmm, of course um we're just the niggers <laughs> we're just the bitch who makes the biscuits um so yeah <laughs> and so it's just like you don't have crucial things like a private terms and conditions for a 501c3 that you guys are claiming that you are but you no longer are um but you don't even have a privacy, terms, and conditions. And I work in communication, right? I got two degrees, not one, but two. And when I was at La Salle University, um, they may not have taught me a lot of things, but they definitely told me that you need to have a private terms and conditions in any motherfucking... Um, you need to make sure you have contracts. You need to make sure you have organizations and commuti- communicative materials to make sure that however you are moving within an organization, people need to know that, right? So you can't have an organization without communication. And so there, it's just not a misunderstanding. It's not just a lack of miscommunication. This is intentional. What we have seen is intentional withholding of information so that they would be able to capitalize off of people's fears of this disease, right? And be able to become millionaires as we read that they were bragging about. Like, they weren't bragging about helping people. They weren't bragging about, you know, how many sites they were creating. They weren't bragging about the numbers of people they were reaching. They were bragging about being able to make millions off of this. And then also bill health insurance. I mean, yeah, to bill insurance companies for reimbursements, I'm confused because people were getting bill statements from Quest Diagnosis, from what I'm reading from the comments, yeah. And from what people have been sending me. And so it's not just it's it's not just by coincidence that se- separate and multiple people are sending me the same story, but they don't see any com but they're not commenting under my post to even have seen that. They're just responding to my stories that I've also posted, right? So it's very telling that these people are all coming forth saying that also these bills were like $150, right a pop. So, if the thing about it is you're saying that this service is free, and you can sit there and you can say that all they had to do was take their bill to an insurance company, but you're not talking and you're not speaking to that demographic of people, which is a lot, may I add, who don't have health insurance, right? So, what are they supposed to do with that $150 bill? What you were doing was serving a false service. You were saying that you were serving people, but you were not. Even off of that little thing you were trying to just, you know, profit off of. You fucked up. Like, you fucked up and now we're going to fuck you. So what now? You 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 know what I'm saying? You no longer just have you no longer just have the city to worry about. You have me to worry about because I'm going to talk about your bitch ass every motherfucking chance I get, and you're going to understand what it feels like to be hunted and hawk like a motherfucking dog, bitch. Like mm. this is some next level white shit, some next level capitalistic venture shit that I can't get over. I can't excuse that, right? Because my credibility. And the trust that I've built with communities, because I've not only just sent, you know, people in the Freedom Drone community there, but I have sent my father there, right? I have signed up for that vaccine. I have sent my, my sibling. I have sent my chosen mom. I have sent my friends the link to your vac- to your vaccination and testing site. And they've entered their information in there. And so now not only are people's health at risk, but now their information is at risk too. So I'm on your ass, bitch. I, I, I want you to know that. If you hear nobody the fuck else in this world, you finna motherfucking hear me. And when you see me in the streets, you finna, you finna motherfucking see me, bitch. I'm on your ass. And if you ask any motherfucking body whose ass I've been on in the past, bitch, you needs to be scared.
1: yeah uh i did um i kind of had some fear go through me for a moment um i felt the intensity um but of course you do you have every right to be upset and angry just like everybody um that was victim to this um has a has a reason to you know what my favorite thing was um you know the aftermath of it was him doing a statement um and he was basically saying that um because people well he kind of blamed people i feel like for the distrust that they have in him and his organization which was really odd to me um because i feel he's pointing fingers at the wrong people because he was at fault and his organization was at fault because from what i've also been reading like Rashi said, there's like different a different scandal, a different story from them each day. For instance, he took a few of his vaccines, I think between fifteen to twenty of his Ooh. vaccines and also have administered the vaccine to give to friends. He also vaccinated one or two council members in the comfort of their own home as well as their family. So it wasn't a
0: vaccination, they had an at home test.
1: Was it? But I thought it was I thought it was Oh, okay, cool. Well never mind then. My apologies, you guys. But either
0: way That's Again, that's talking to the accountability of the people who are city officials, right? Because that's also just an abuse of power. Whether or not the intention was, you know, my family needs help. You don't put yourself over normal people, right? Um, Who also aren't able to access this testing right away. You don't put yourself over them and accept things like that because... They know that you're in a position of power because that should already tell you that they're doing this because they're gonna want something from you later. Whether or not they got something from you, you don't think they got something from you, but they did because they got your approval.
1: Yeah. Um I just think it's wild because I'm just going back to the statement. Because of like the first like the cup the first couple of sentences, he's just saying, Today is Friday and Philly fighting COVID should be vaccinating thousands of people. Instead, I'm forced. I'm here, forced to defend myself against another example of Philly's dirty power politics, and I don't really like how that was worded. And maybe I'm picking it. I'm I'm reading it differently, but I just feel like again, like I said earlier, he's trying to just act like he didn't do anything wrong because it's like you you like. There's really no reason reason for you to defend yourself because you did many bad things in this scenario. You cheated people out of money. You gave them false information. You left their information out there to be vulnerable to other people. You also left people, um, you know, kind of like up shit's Creek without the ability to have vaccinations that you promised them. They came to clinics and they weren't able to get the vaccinations and also like people aren't able to get their second follow-up shots. So it's just like you kind of, you just did a selfish move and I think that I really wish that he would have thought of other people and that he was honest and that he was actually for the people and not for profit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to also follow up with Wolf, Wolf is basically saying y'all are shit out of luck because they were, because he deceived people and specifically the city of Philadelphia. And I don't like that either because you're kind of just saying we're shit out of luck and this is your city. Like you're you're responsible for this as well. Like, you saying that this wasn't your job and you're pointing the finger at other people, I think, is a cop-out?
0: Right. Because it's like, even though you are the governor of Pennsylvania, right, Philadelphia is still is still a part of Pennsylvania, no matter how much we want to separate ourselves from it. And I think you're just mad because we always give you our ass to kiss. And, you know, a lot of times, Philadelphia doesn't enlist your help because you don't give us much help. Um, but... This has possibly hit both state and federal laws, right? So you have to now step in and give us something, right? You you you're not allowed to just throw stones and you know say, well, that's not my job, because if I was to say that shit at my job, I would get fired, boo. Um, I I, I and and see, like that's what I'm talking about, right? That that talks to that arrogance Polish. that politicians and people in power and white folks are allowed to have and what they're allowed to say publicly without any dismay and any backlash, or even if they get backlash, how they're still allowed to just avoid that. Right. Because I, a working class person can't say some shit like that at my job.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> no, I would love to. That would be so amazing. Cause I hate my job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and, yeah so you know also i just want to say that it was also revealed the other day to me on twitter that um andre dorshin um andre douchebag um andre dickhead andre eat dick <laughs> um okay.
1: proceed
0: you know you you know how i love to do those aka's in the beginning <laughs> um, a.k.a. taint because <laughs> that's what it smell like it smell like uh, shit to me uh, Um,
1: <laughs> it doesn't always have to smell like shit though guys <laughs>
0: but it is when you're a <laughs> cis patriarchal white man <sighs> mediocre at that Um, but he was also kind of outed by one of his past victims apparently of sexual assault
2: Wait, yeah, someone.
0: on Twitter there was a woman who came forward. Well, I'm not even going to make that assumption, but there was a person who came forward who said that they had been, of course, kind of you know courted by them, manipulated by them into like you know, hanging out. Um, one thing led to another, and she 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 had they she he had gotten her drunk, and you know he had gotten her very drunk, and when she woke up, there were pictures of her with his hand around her neck while she was like blacked out drunk and like knocked out. What? Yeah. Like homie is like weird. Homie's fucking weird. That nigga again like And, yeah, and I guess he's
1: um yeah, and no, that's a bad joint. So on. I
0: actually wrote another article that doesn't relate to this one. I wrote another article which is should be coming out soon on Noir Life. Oh, you're on a roll, Noir okay. Life Mag. And I was talking about intentionality, right? And I was talking about how me reading these different works about, I mean, from Angela Davis and, um, I believe it's Adrian Marie Brown and just other people who do like work around transformative justice and also just abolitionist work you know, how we talk about forms of transformative justice, right? And so when we imagine a world without prisons, we imagine a world for somebody. I mean, we imagine a world where even the most harmful of people, I guess, should be allowed space and should be allowed the resource to get better and to be well, right? But I'm also just like, at that point, what for somebody like him, right, what, what's the alternative, right? What, what do what, what should he get? for wanting to take so much away from us? What should he get for wanting to not only just put a few people in harm's way, but millions of people in Philadelphia in harm's way, right? Um, Predominantly preying on black, brown, disabled, queer, trans folks who, you know, can't afford these resources. What, what, and this is, this is a real question. This isn't me saying that he doesn't deserve it. I would love to have a conversation with somebody based on this, and I would love for people to, you know, reveal themselves to me in order to even, even to bring you onto the girls room, or we could have like a one-on-one interview, or we can do like an Instagram live. Like, what does that look like for people who have, who want so much, right? Like they want so much, not even just to the point where they're harming one or two people or a few people, Right. But they want so much to the extent that they've not only just harmed interpersonal, like a group of interpersonal, like people on an interpersonal basis, but this is actually seeing, we've actually seen how one person contributes to a full system because he has literally reached over a million people. And his harm has literally reached over a million people. So where does somebody like him fit into that framework? Because Everything in me right now wants to just be like, send that bitch to jail. Like, put that bitch under the prison. Somebody beat that bitch ass, right? But I also recognize that that's not doing much because that's just getting rid of one of our problems, but there are still other people out there like that. And so I guess that's where my question comes in at is like, how do we hold the space to have a conversation? What frameworks and what theories do we have to begin practicing for people like that? Because I do believe in community care. I do believe that even the most some of the most, not again, because again, it's, it's hard for me to have that level of empathy for him, but I do have a certain level of understanding and empathy for even some of the more harmful folks and I do believe they should be giving certain certain resources to get better and well so that they won't just be put into a, you know, ongoing and recycling system of violence. But where does somebody like him, somebody like a dickhead, just just an asshole, just an overall prick and just evil demon like him fit in that? And I mean, I, I know even for you, Eric, I I don't know if you have an opinion on that as well, Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts.
1: Um, I mean, me per—I mean, I don't even know if this answers your question, but this is also right. And
0: so, it, it, you don't even have to answer the question, but I just want to hear thoughts, right? I just want to hear your
1: thoughts. Well, no, you know what? Um, you know, earlier you posted something on Twitter, okay? Um, and you were talking about how, you know, a lot of Black people or people of color, you know, oftentimes have this distrust in medical institutions, mm-hmm. and also. Um, and the vaccination specifically because of the history of vaccinations where a lot of times, you know, people of color, specifically black people, were oftentimes kind of exposed to these viruses and used as test pig, guinea pigs and shit Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Um, and just thinking about, you know, how uncomfortable the concept of vaccinations may be for them and how this plays into it. And I was having this talk with mom earlier because, you know, me and mom were very hesitant about the, you know, the vaccination you know, mom specifically, because of course she comes from a different time. But, you know, mom was considering it and she was. She did sign up for it. Um, But now she kind of feels uneasy about it and mm-hmm. everything. Um, And I think that it is sad that this, you know, this whole thing happened. Um, This is really um, a sad thing that happened because it is going to put more discomfort disbelief and also distrust in black people you know and black people being able to trust these people with these vaccinations medical institutions and things like that i think a lot of people were kind of coming to terms with it and were thinking about getting um you know the vaccination but now of course because of this whole scandal that's come out they're probably not going to do it even if it is um coming from a different organization and like maybe later on down the line when it becomes more of a mandated thing um which is very sad because i think this vaccination is a good news despite the fact that people do think that it's happening too soon um very displeased on how this all went down but i do hope and i do pray that people are able to kind of just trust the vaccination um kind of step forward so that they are able to kind of just be safe out here um but I just wanted, I wanted to say that because I feel like that that's needed as well. People do feel unsafe about the vaccination and, you know, the whole, you know, the whole ordeal. Um, mean, it's okay. And, you know, you have every right to be, but I just want, you know, I don't give up hope. And also if the vaccination, if there is a time when vaccinations do come out and they are free and, you know, they are available to you, do try to take the time to get it if you are able to, if it is affordable to you, if it is, like, you know, not-for-profit, um, you know which is opposite of the case for Philly fighting COVID 19. Um, but that's just my personal thoughts and um, something that I wanted to get across. Um,
2: but yeah. I I don't know. Where? I
1: don't know. I don't know.
2: I. Uh,
0: and so, like, I think that we should also just examine how racist that whole situation is on behalf of the city, right? Um, on the, on behalf of the city where it's like, you're working with, you know, you're working with the Black Doctors Consortium, the COVID-19 Consortium's creator and founder, you know, Dr. Alice Stanford, you have her sitting right there. And so I have to question like, where the fuck was, you know, where the fuck was her invite to administer this vaccine at, right? you know
1: yeah so i yeah yeah no it definitely is a race thing and it's very sad that it happened i don't really and again like i know we did talk about how whiteness does is a privilege we've talked about white privilege white supremacy on many instances really not understanding with you giving that information why um this whole thing wasn't put in her you know it wasn't entrusted with her um and why andre did get this type of um this privilege um, because you know, in my, in well, okay, you know, in my experience, I do feel like when it comes to white people, basically inheriting things of this nature, um, with this big of consequence, they oftentimes have some type of background in it, and I do, and even when it, I don't know the origin of Philly fighting COVID nineteen, very unsure of it. I didn't do my research on that, and I, you know, definitely want to slap myself for that because I could have come better prepared. I could have been better prepared. I'm not really sure how it came to be, but I'm also not understanding what his qualifications were and why he should have been able to be given that. Um,
0: but remember, I that's the hope- thing, right? That Like, not to cut you off, but like, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't have any. And so- well, yeah,
1: no, I know that. I'm just saying, like, in the past when I've seen stuff happen, like, they usually have a little bit of a background, but it's like him not at all.
0: Yeah, right. But I
1: could, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I'm just not understanding. That's all. But um, I do hope that if, you know, Philly does decide to kind of do something similar, that they are able to work alongside the doctor that you named earlier, because that would make more sense. Mm hmm.
0: And, you know, I, I think at this point, I, I wouldn't be mad at her. So that was one of that's one of my like outlined. Um, I also have a I do have an article out that actually just dropped today as we're recording this. Um on the whole matter and what my thoughts are on it. And so one of the solutions that I actually kind of gave was that I really do think that Dr. Alice Stanford should be the one who is put on that pedestal and who receives a lot more credit than what these fucking college students have gotten. Because if anything, we should have seen that as a charitable benefit because again, also there, but yeah, it, it, it is a charitable benefit. And you know, the thing about that is charity comes from a bad place anyway, right? It comes from that guilt that people have and then also that, that, that deservingness level. Um, It's very clear because, again, their executive team is all white and their volunteers are damn near all white, right? There are very few people of color and probably no black people that I've seen on the staff there. Um, And it's just telling that, you know, I, I thought it was also just really interesting that Dr. Stanford not only was disregarded. But like I said earlier, she sits on this board, this advisory advisory committee for the vaccine and is in close relation to the health department. And she has a very extensive background. So she did years of, of course, fellow fellowing. She did years of studying, years of pre-practice at good universities. Like, I believe one is, like, the University of Pittsburgh um, and has even been able to get a board-certified surgeon. You know, she's a board-certified surgeon, right? Which is very major. How do you allow a woman of that much professional integrity and background learn about the news that a fucking 22-year-old White man with no credentials, with no background. And I'm going to keep saying because I want him to know how mediocre he fucking sounds and looks. And how privileged he was to obtain such an opportunity over a woman who has been doing this work for over two decades. And not only did she not find that out from her peers, but she found it out like somebody like me and Erica would by watching the fucking news. Yes. And that's any that's that's the most anything part about it to me. Actually, that's not the most anything part about it to me. I think the most anything part about it to me was that they even offered, they even hit her up. They hit her up, they hit this woman up, they hit this woman up so much, just so with so much work under her belt, right? <laughs> they hit this woman up and asked her, told her, actually, you know, kind of advised that she should partner up with Philly Fighting COVID to do some work. And I just want to know what the fuck she has to gain from that. That was very much a spit in the face of that woman. So I could understand how, even after this thing blows over, which it probably won't for a a while, I could understand how Dr. Stanford would not want to participate with them, right? And how Dr. Stanford would want to continue to just do her own thing and continue to just, you know, let the Black Doctors COVID-19 Consortium be what it is and be as successful as it's been without the support of the city, right? Um, Because with or without the city, she's been very successful and her team has done great work and they've done work that we should not overlook or let this overall just fucking maggot you know, this fucking just... Ew, like, this fucking just parasite overshadowed her good work. Um But that was really a slap in the face because I'm just trying to figure out what she could gain except for a babysitting credential. And let's be real, like, she's far beyond having to be somebody's babysitter. Like, as far as I'm concerned, she has three kids of her own. She doesn't need um over 20 more and and white at that mediocre whiteness at that she doesn't need any of that in her energy because as far as i'm concerned she's a movement and a boss all by herself she don't need help from no motherfucking body else she can do bad and good all by herself
1: wait wait, i'm sorry is this a song because i i heard it in my head but i don't know where it's from
0: yes see what did she say oh yeah what see you see, I'm good all by myself, but I'm a boss when we're together. What, who was that, Neo?
1: I, you make yeah, me better. It's, <laughs> it's, okay, it's it's Fab and Neo. Oh I mean, yeah, because my I, favorite I, I part could. of that
0: song is um. Uh,
1: but she my better half. I'm what's the her
0: Hershey was killing her. I mean, Hershey was killing her. I call her suicide. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to glorify that because no, um, Fabulous a- is an abuser, an abuser and abuser. so let's move yeah. on from him. Um. So yeah, so I just want to know what would she have to gain from that? They would have... And again, it's a slap in the face because it tries to bring her that credibility, right? And if anything, it looks like that was a setup. That seems like kind of a setup on their behalf too to tell this black woman who has just, you know changed the game and changed the vaccine process and has been able to make things go so much more smoother here in Philadelphia, who has already served so many people, um, the right way, may I add? And, you know, send her to Philly Fighting COVID so something like this can come out, right? And then her credentials can also be fucked up along with all the white people's credentials who've now been fucked up. And because what I could have seen was them putting that on her. So I I'm, I'm I'm it's actually it feels like a blessing in disguise that she that she wasn't oh, for up sure. for consideration but it's still fucked up because it's still speaking to that undertone racism that you know we're like oh well we're not going to consider you but we are going to tell you to partner with these with these I don't even know what the fuck to call them cuz they're not licensed. Um they're just students. They really yeah. are. Um and I I think that their entire team should be ashamed of themselves because I think that the entire team has been trying to protect Andre and I think they've been a long I wouldn't be even be I wouldn't even be shocked to figure out that this is some kind of like little white fraternity sorority cult thing they have in, they have going on right that whole like fraternity sorority like partner brother sistership you know racist agenda get quick scheme that they've all plotted together like, you know, I, I really wouldn't be surprised to find out that these motherfuckers have been in, in, in close proxemics before. Um, but I am actually going to um, expose this as well. I put this on my Instagram page, but there's also another organization out there. It's called, like, Vax Populi or Pupuli or something like that. You can look it up. Um, and it is a company that claims to do the same, that same—that claims to sell technology— to organizations or, you know, organizations and medical health facilities that do cell therapy, like T cell therapy or something like that for rare diseases. Hmm. And one of his executive staff members is on that board and he is also on that board. Oh, no. So it seems like this is one of these things because everything that Andre has been linked to has been a failure or it just has not happened at all. So it looks like he was trying to come up with something new and he came up with something new. And again, the healthcare industry is very equitable. It's not, shit, not equitable, but very profitable. Um, you know, if you have the right tools, and you have the right language, you have the right resource. And he had all of those things. He had the connection. And, you know, he, he again, when you shape things as doing good things you know, people are going to stick to you. And so on the surface, it always looked like that's what was going on. But even then, we didn't know all of the internal, all the internal workings that were going on and how people were actually disagreeing with the methods and how people had claimed that, you know, he was firing people abruptly and he was also just disrespectful to the staff. And there was was an ongoing rotation of people being fired because of these confrontations they were having with him about these methods and stuff like that that he was using, right? So, it's just all kind of just speaking to just even the city not vetting him. Like, not giving a better background check on him. And the fact that they're like, we're not even sure if anybody under Kenny's administration seen his resume. I'm like, are y'all, like, smoking dick? Like, what's going on? Like, what the fuck is going on over there, right? Because, first we have... This whole, um, also another thing just to bring up in relation to the, I guess I I can connect those things, you know, what's going on with the city? Because, you know, the whole report, the the city controllers report about what happened with the events of the protests that happened and, you know, people being tear gassed and stuff came out. And it's just showing that, like, you know, they had complete disregard for, you know... Disregard for any kind of structure, right? And I mean, they were saying, I mean, even though the, the city controller's solution to that was more cops, and I'm just trying to figure out where the fuck critical think, what critical thinking process got her to fuck there. But you know, it is, it, it was. They were saying it was very much Kenny and Outlaw's fault. So between that, school officials wanting shit to open, and then I just want to know what the fuck is going on in. The city at that level of these decision makers. I really, really, really just want all of you to just line the fuck up on my block and just one by one, just drop your fucking titles. Drop your, give me your letters of resignations. Give me your badges. I want all of that shit. I'm collecting them all. I'm going to burn all of them. I'm going to melt them down, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a big dildo, so you can all go fuck yourselves with it. Because oh, this is ridiculous, right? Because all you're telling us is fuck us, so I want to let you know, like fuck you.
1: Woo, better. Yeah, no, I feel that shit. That definitely went in a different direction than I was thinking. Uh, I feel it though. I'm here for it. Just make the dildo out, um, out of there. Um, Wait, I'm
0: sorry. Did you say you wanted a dildo also?
1: No, no, I did not. No, thank you. Um, no, I just a regular dick for me personally. Oh. <sighs> Hoping to get it next week. We'll see. You know, I have to pace myself. I can't be the hoe I used to be. And I dig I'm that. A I'm a full time. I'm a full time mom. So. And I
0: dig that boo boo. I think that that's always good for you. But yeah, like I just it is it, just like how how did we get here? How did we allow such a thing to happen? And, again, like, the whole idea behind, right, and, and this speaks to that distrust that I was talking about, right, because now people like myself, like Black Lives Matter Philly, racial justice Philly, um, other, like, key figures who have been trying to, you know, push, you know, this COVID-19 and, like, get rid of this disinformation and things like that, all these myths and things like that, just around health, right? that have been floating around since COVID-19 came to be in our society. We've been doing so much work to make sure that people are protected and that people have the facts. And now people are going to lose distrust in us for those things, right?
2: Yeah.
0: And especially people like Dr. Alice Stanford and the BDCC, are, they're going to lose that trust in them. And it's sad because the BDCC is actually derived from the whole idea to educate and advocate for African-Americans to reduce the incidence of disease and death from the coronavirus. So it's like, you know, the same reason, the same reason that they were made is the same reason that we're here, right? Because the wrong people have access to these things and are doing wrong. And it is that labor and that work that's going to be put on us. And uh, even one another woman put it into in perspective for me that I mean, not saying that I already didn't think about it, but, you know, I didn't, it didn't have to be put into much perspective because I, I agree fully 100%. These other healthcare providers now, not even outside of the BDCC, who, you know, um, administer the vaccine or who have gotten some of the vaccine are now going to be picking up a lot of that work. And so that's labor for everybody else while people of the PFC are allowed to sleep at night. People of the city in the health department are allowed to sleep at night. They don't have to really worry about these things for real for real because that privilege protects them. It builds a barrier around them and they're able to navigate. Because I'm going to tell you something first of all. If that was a black man running PFC or a black woman running PFC or any black person for that matter running PFC, once they would have even heard that motherfucker stole vials, that motherfucker would have been in jail. And we would have been talking to him from the other side okay so you know that alone just speaks miles because we would have been talking we would have been getting all of our motherfucking interviews (laughs) you know through a teleprompter over at muncie honey like you know what i'm saying um i just i don't know i don't even know what to say
1: i just feel like sending all these niggas to jail that's on period that's it (laughs) That's really all I have to say, because all of this shit is just pure fuckery. Like, something's in the air for sure.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I really do feel that. Everything's
1: not sunny in Philadelphia.
0: It's not. It's really not. It's just showing that we really just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, but I, what do you think they should be, they should do, Erica? As far as what? Like, you know, how do you make the situation better?
1: I don't really think that you can make it better. Okay i mean i mean yeah i'm sorry i'm not trying to be drawn or nothing like i because i really just don't have an answer i just feel like once you do you fumble the football like that i don't really know how to like recover from that especially like when it's something big i don't know um whew, let me think um i guess you would just have to just vet i don't know give me a second what do you guys think let me stop um, <laughs> <laughs> you got like,
0: to make them accountable and responsible for it. Y'all be motherfucking responsible for it. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to host today. Y'all host.
1: <laughs> no, like I'm really trying to think like, that's just like, I'm kind of at a loss. Like, I mean, with any of the shit that we talked about today, like how can you fix these things? Like specifically when it comes to like the whole, when, when it comes to the whole, like this whole dynamic shit storm with the organizations and shit, just properly vet people, do research. Um, put trusted officials that are amazing. Um, have people that are there that can identify with the marginalized group that you're trying to work with. Um I would probably get Rashid on the case since he's the new Olivia Pope as we spoke about earlier. Um, that would probably uh, be handle. my first thing. To be honest, I just think Philly should, like, hire Rashid to be their, like, public relations person and just have Rashid at all the press conferences. Oh,
0: no, girl. Because I would be eating the city up just as much.
1: I know, and that's why, but that's why I would love to see it. (laughs) Oh, no, girl. No, I really just think that should be it for real, for real. Rashid should be on the case, and that should be it. Freedom (laughs) Jones should just take all over the Philly account, like, just had his <laughs> face everywhere. He should be on, he should be on Instagram live, just on every joint. Hey, you guys, yeah, Uh, it was a dickhead move today. Cause like, Rashi can really just mess together, like, just the professional world, and just like, informal and, infor- and informal shit, and just like, meld it together so well. And you know, you can digest it. And also like, yeah, he uses big words and shit, but he dumps it down when you need it. And I feel like that's so important. So yeah, I feel like Rashid. If they had Rashid on the case, that's how they can make it better for sure. Mhm. And I mean, <laughs> right? It was <laughs> it wasn't a good answer, but that's the answer that I chose. That's the you asked me. Get. You put this. Uh, yeah, because it's like that. That's really a loaded ass question. Of how do you fix it? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know. Um, I should, I should, And like, it's not like I don't have opinions because I do. But, you know, I just feel like, as you guys can see, a lot of times, Rashi kind of gives me loaded-ass questions. And he'll be like, hey, what do you think? And it would be like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> How do you end world hunger, Erica? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just <be> like... <laughs> Um, I guess it's more so just (laughs) thoughts,
0: right? It's not necessarily asking you to come up with those like answers. No, I know, no, no,
1: no, no, I know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, I know that. I definitely know that because a lot of these answers you kind of can't digest like in that specific moment. But I'm also not trying to follow up with it on the next podcast when we when we talking about something completely different. Like next week, who knows? Like maybe I don't want to jinx anything, but maybe something crazy happens next week. I can't revisit it. But um yeah i just think that we should just do better and kind of just do more research like we do any other time mainly i think mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i'll if i might just fuck around and just come back with the answer next week for real for because real, i'm not i don't feel like this was a good answer but i'm gonna come back and give you guys another answer that's better than research and rashid's public relations company yeah
0: i mean and it's always
1: time to expand freedom right? join freedom joining associates Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I was going to say,
2: hmm. Well, I think that, I don't know. Um, I don't know.
1: You don't know as far as as what?
0: I don't know. I, I, I guess I just, for me, I would, I think that, hmm. So the city needs to apologize to us, but that apology and these are also just things that I've, I've outlined in the in the um, article with "Where Your Voice," Mag, that I talked about.
1: Of, of, cor- of course, you have the answers. Go ahead. I
0: think that there needs to be that kind of payout, whether it's to people who have received received the vaccine or not, because again, it's that whole idea about not just health now, but also information, right? So I think that they need to hold themselves accountable for putting people in that harm's way by partnering with these folks, okay?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, for, for sure, yeah.
0: And I think that, of course, Dollar, Dr. Alice Stanford and the BDC should also be given um, a public apology because... and I And I think that they need to, of course, address it, And make sure that they address the racial undertones and the racial implications that that has. Because there really is no other... There really is no other, you know, option. You know, there really is no other viewpoint. There's no other lens that you can look at this as. To weigh a 22-year-old man with no experience... Next to a woman who's been in the healthcare industry for the last 23 years, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: there's no way that you can look at that and not call racism. Um, and so I also just think that the BDCC should also be the top priority to administer the vaccines, okay? Because again, if you're willing, I mean, we keep exhausting this, but I, 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 again. I hope that somebody sends these clips to an- Andrew or whatever the fuck his name is, because um, I'm just so not over the fact that your mom and your dumbass dad named you and Andre with an I. I think that that is so sad for you, and I am not sorry for you, but I do laugh at you. Um...
1: Real shit because white people be talking, white people be talking about how black people like do the names and shit, and like white people be doing weird shit too. The way they be like mixing, like mashing the word, the name together, it's like for what? So yeah, definitely. I wouldn't trust a man that spells his name like that anyway. He also, a white man named Andre. Never met one. Period. Wouldn't want to. Next.
0: For real. Um. So I I think um. Yeah. So if you have no problem with having him, right, and his, like, staff of students who had no experience and had no supervision, then you should have no problem replacing them with the superior team of people who have all their licenses, right, and all their, you know, registrations and things like that. And then I think that the communication between the city and us needs to be assessed and it needs to be revamped because, again, as a communications professional, the way information just in general has been being... Given to the public and how a lot of shit has been withheld and how people even get to these vaccination clinics like myself, no matter who is putting them on the way certain information has been disregarded. So we're forced to actually even not be able to get these vaccines because somebody like me may have gotten a flu shot. Somebody else may have gotten like, you know, antibiotics. I think that that communication needs to be revamped. It needs to be edited. It needs to be just overall drafted all over again. And those channels need to be reassessed for how you guys can best give that information to us and how you can best give us the most information in the least way possible, so that we know the importance, right? Um, what else? I think hmm, I don't know. I th- and, and and I I think that overall, this is easy, right? We we should just have those open conversations about healthcare. As we relate that to racism and capitalism, right? Because nobody would have been able to. No healthcare industry is able to thrive and able to make money if not preying on vulnerable and sick people, right? Yeah. Um. And again, when you think about those histories, so the, you know, the 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 syphilis, you know, the the men who were injected with syphilis and how they took that home to their communities, um, Henrietta Lacks. Uh, Fannie Lou Hamer right (laughs) it's all these people all these you have all these concrete examples of how even black women being sterilized right there are all these concrete examples and even today you look at black women dying at higher rates during birth Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: like even you yourself Erica you know I'm, you know, I'm very happy and I'm very blessed that you're still here with us. But that people don't understand the severity of what Erica went through and like how I almost lost my sibling, like, you know, to gain my goddaughter. And that alone, even my mom, like my mom, you know, she um, my mom passed away in August from a heart attack. And she passed away because she had a heart attack and because she already had a bad heart. And, you know, the machine, the device that she had in her heart was dead. <laughs> so whatever work it could have did, it didn't. And that was because of the negligence of her doctors, because her doctor, she went when she went to her doctors and told them that it was at a low percentage. They said, oh, no, you should be good for the next few months. So they didn't take her concern seriously. Sadly, of course, me and my mother didn't have a good relationship. Um, So I didn't even know about that, that, that doctor's appointment specifically. So I wasn't able to, you know, advocate for her with that. But, you know, it's just a lot, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It really
0: is. And so it's like you have to be real. And you have to examine those things because they're right there. It's not like they're hidden anywhere. It's not like you can't go online and easily find these concrete examples of how Black people have literally been the guinea pigs of science since the beginning of time. Like, eugenics is an actual thing that people still try to use against us. So it's like you have to be willing to have these conversations and be willing to put black doctors, not just people of color, but black doctors at the forefront of these conversations and lead these symposiums and lead these studies and lead these, you know, these these teams of doctors who say that they are dedicated to serving people of color. Um, and examine that as to why black patients don't feel safe under the care of the healthcare system, because, you know, you could even use COVID-19 as an example, because, black people aren't even receiving the COVID-19 vaccine at the same rates that white people are receiving it, right? So that in itself is an example. So that distrust in this situation that just happened in Philadelphia is another example because, you know, Philadelphia to me is and always will be a black city, right? So oh, yeah. when you think about who needs that help, when you think about who are the... Tastemakers and change makers of this city, they are black people. um, And also, as well, brown people. Um, And, you know, we were the come up for Andrew, again... I'm going to butcher his Bull. names as many the times. I'm going. I'm intentionally butchering his name just so y'all know too. I'm. I'm. I'm literally adding the ums for dramatic effect. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that's why he was able to come up. And you know we we didn't ask for this shit. We didn't ask to be in this system. We didn't ask for any of it. Y'all gave it to us. Y'all put it on our laps, and so it's just something that we have to examine and we have to talk about as a community and we have to like start being honest about and not just writing black anti-vaxxers down as you know harmful and you know just people who are crazy because they have violent concern and I, i i understand that and that's something i don't do i don't just tell other black folks that they're crazy for not wanting to be vaccinated i have to examine those things i have to think about what the implications are that they are alluding to as to why they don't want to get vaccinated um, but those are really just what my suggestions are i i I think they're valid suggestion, so that's oh, that's you know, my story, sure. and that's what I'm sticking with
1: definitely uh i'm I'm gonna say ditto because uh I like those responses, and I like his answers better than mine so yeah, I'm gonna say ditto on that rushy good job period good job period
0: so you know before we move on, I just want to say that Philly may fight Covid but we fight the kids, so,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, cool.
0: So to close up and wrap up, we made it to the end. We made it to the end of another episode, Erica. Love that for us. I am so tired. I, I know drag you, you really, one of three minutes.
1: you really, oh, okay. This makes sense now. <laughs> this this makes sense now. Yeah, I know you um you tackle all of that with all of your might. I, you put a lot of intensity and a lot of passion into it, and I do appreciate that. But with further further, I said further. Either way, it's the right thing. Without further ado, um, just going to close out us. But like, let's just talk about the the peak and pit of our week. So like you know, of course, Rashi, what's the peak and what's the pit of your week?
0: I would say that the peak of my week was well the pin of my week was I I had applied to be on the Philadelphia Student Union School Board. I mean the not the school board, but the Philadelphia Student Union Board. Um and I didn't get accepted. Um and, you know, I understand, I definitely understand. First of all, I don't have that many credentials under my belt. I am an organizer, however, yeah. You know, I I haven't been that far in the work and professional industry to actually be able to like fully harness and develop all my skills to the best of my ability. So I understand that and I respect the decision. And, you know, either way, I'm going to support them because they do really good work. Um, And I'm in I'm in community with some of those people in any way. And I I know the intentions were good and I am excited to see what work they produce in the coming years. Um, But the peak of my week was actually on the same day that I (laughs) the same day. That I um got you know denied to the PSU board. Um, I was invited to be a keynote speaker for an organization um next next um month for their second annual conference, and it's the R's organization and they focus black narratives, and I am just excited. This is my first keynote speech. Um, I was a little intimidated at first when they asked me because I've never done a keynote. I've never written anything for my own purposes or for my own professional purposes over like five or six pages. Um, but I know for, for a keynote of that magnitude, I have to at least get to at least maybe 10, 10, 15 pages. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to tackle that. I'm excited to see what I come up with. And I'm also just grateful for that organization for just recognizing me and wanting me to be the person to address them, in that space. And so I just want to say thank them. And I just you know when when I get that link, if you guys want to tune in, I'll invite you. I will give you the link.
1: Please and thank you. Okay. So
0: what about you, Boo Boo?
1: Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, like, I'm gonna say the peak, the peak of my week. Um. You know, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. Um, and for the first time, I felt like I was really able to talk to a doctor without, you know, just feeling judged or shamed. I really do hate going into doctor's offices whenever I say I have something wrong. They always put it on my weight. I just felt like this doctor was really receptive and he wasn't fat phobic. Um, it kind of made me feel a bit hopeful and like made me feel like I could possibly, you know, get some help on some issues that I have been happening. I that had, you know, that I had been like working through. So I'm feeling really, you know, good about that. That was definitely the peak my pit. Um, somebody got fired from my job, so I have to take on their responsibilities. I'm fucking mad about that right now, okay? Mm-hmm. So, this, so that's it. Yeah, like that's it. I'm kind of like also, you know, hopefully I'll be able to remedy that soon, and maybe another job will call me back because I'm getting tired of this one. So we'll see. I feel like my pit is always job related, but.
0: One and that's day. okay because jobs always bring us a lot of the most stress. So I I get it. I feel that.
1: Yeah. Well, those are my peaks, and that's my pit. My peak and pit. Pit. Peak. Cool. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah. I think that's it for today. Uh, I know Rashi wants to get a, go ahead and watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I think we're stopping just in time. To be
0: honest, there are a lot of things that are coming on tonight. So SmackDown is also coming on at 8. Little Women is also oh. coming on at 8. And uh-huh. so is RuPaul's Drag Race. And also, I thought- can I just be honest about something? We're going to talk about this in future weeks, of course. I want to tell y'all who we have li- pl- um, lined up for you guys. But I am going to leave that a secret. But also, can we just abolish the RuPaul's Drag Race being an hour and 30 minutes industrial complex to be honest because that's something that i didn't think you know i I don't think that we need that um oh no not at (laughs) all like an hour and 30 minutes has really been a stretch and has really been tiresome and has really taken a lot out of my time um well also
1: this whole seat this season so far has been really stressful and like not something i wanted so (laughs) i feel that
0: definitely um but yeah so I am just looking forward to getting to the rest of the weekend. I have a therapy session tomorrow. I am just honestly looking forward to days to come. I, tickled and I pink. Yeah. You said who?
1: No, I no, you said No, I was I said what well, mom said, so you know how she'd be like, I'm I'm tickled pink oh, yeah, I it am just, just made tickled me think
0: pink. about this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, again, always, and thank you all for listening, so, we are almost at 600 listens, and this is only within, what, maybe not even a full month, right? Um, we haven't even been back at this for a full month yet, and we've already gotten to 600 listens, and that just shows how much you all are willing to put your trust and your time into us, and this is why we felt it was very important to just remain consistent and give you guys this quality content, um, every week, um... Because, you know, as much as this is our dream, your again, your listens and your feedback and your engagement fuels our dream. So we want to make sure that we're giving you the best quality content as much as we can. And again, I just want to thank you for that.
1: For sure. Definitely want to thank you guys. I know you guys don't have to listen, but you do because you have good taste. And I applaud you for that because we're delectable. I was trying to find a different word, but delectable came out. But thank you guys kinky. for listening. We definitely appreciate it. Kinky, kinky boots. Yes. Purr. Purr. So that
0: sounds like that's wrapping up this week's episode. So, as always, I'm going to bid you a representing the gays and the girls. You are listening to your favorite fat, freaky, hoey-ass host mm-hmm. that we are sitting here in the Philadelphia down in the valley where the girls get AKAs. And you are listening to Rashid, a.k.a. Rashid, a.k.a. Fag Albert, a.k.a. Freedom John, sitting here with Della Reese's great niece, so you already know she and they is in charge of the girls. They are Erica, a.k.a. Fat Badu, a.k.a. Thickerita, a.k.a. Bill a.k.a. Shiloh's mom. And this has been episode five of The Girls Room.
1: Bye, you guys. Love you.
0: Hit us on our beeper next week, honey. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs>